Hello again, and welcome to another... Wait, no. Yeah, we're the Manipool. Okay, sorry, my brain <laughs> completely. I almost said another fun-filled episode of Monday... Wednesday Night Manipool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> Do it. I like that show. I can that's be a, a great show. Yeah, you should yeah. check it out. Durham, North Carolina. Anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> we are brought to you, as always, by CardShark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. And I'm Chewy, the lead dork, trying desperately to... Make sure everyone doesn't kill each other. <laughs> Damn it, Chewie. Sorry. Successful so far, though. So, so far. Well, I don't job. know. We're down. We're down to one regular ho- co-host here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so with me, as always, are some dorks, but only one of the usual ones. So, dork, <laughs> sound off. Yeah, I'm Mike. I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy, and it's good to be back. Um, How was the concert, yo? It was fantastic. Because I told yeah, everyone I where you were, just so you know. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it was it was truly amazing. Sweet. I got the long version of that over Mexican food after I completely embarrassed myself by asking out the hostess. But <laughs> <laughs> she has a boyfriend apparently. Ah, oh, daggers. I know, right? So the worst. So other voice out there in the internets. Um, longtime listeners of this show will recognize you, and anyone with good taste will recognize you, and anyone who paid attention to the Community Cup, I guess. Who are you, sir? My name is Tom Delia. I am, uh, I now run MTG Radio. I, I ran it before as well. Uh, I, I, uh, I now transferred my podcasting skills, albeit not the best ones, into streaming. Uh, so you can actually catch me at twitch.tv slash MTG Radio. It's also part of the Community Cup because the community needed an EDH player, even though we only played limited. <laughs> Dang it, man. <laughs> but, I mean, clearly, they, you did your part because you guys won. Oh yeah, we won. I, uh, I ended up going five and six, uh, which is not, uh, five and six, five and seven, uh, cause that would make no sense in a 12 round tournament to go five and six. Uh, but it was probably the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, it was, turns out, and I hope this isn't a spoiler for anybody, Wizards of the Coast, nice people. Really nice people. <laughs> yeah. Even Rosewater? Even Ro- I actually, he wasn't <laughs> there for the first three days. Uh, <laughs> And I only got I to meet him at the Pharaoh's party. Um, and he was, uh, he was very excited at all times. I offered to buy him a drink. Turns out, Rosewater doesn't drink. Um, and also they had a free bar anyways, so that was kind of awkward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a drink from our free bar. Yeah. I don't drink. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, fantastic hey, guy. Let's, He's just lame party and go to a real party. <laughs> <laughs> But he's, uh, we got, I got to see some of the early spoilers there, and he was just, he was basically like hiding behind the cards, like a little gnome, and then would pop out and ask you if you liked the card. He'd be like, oh, you like the Cerberus? And the guy's like, yes, Mark Rosewater? He's like, good! He'd go back to hiding. <laughs> and then another person would come back and he'd ambush him, Thossies is coming back, and they're like, oh, it is, cool. <laughs> oh, he's a little scary man. <laughs> <laughs> that story makes so much sense somehow. It does, yeah. But yeah, so- uh, I've definitely funneled all my resources into EDH recently. Uh, I actually started writing for Star City Games for the Battle of the Blocks, which is an awesome article series talking about the best block for EDH, uh, which is actually really fun, and you should totally go read that uh, and give me any constructive feedback you have, even if the constructive feedback is that you don't like my font. Like, I don't care what the constructive feedback is, but I appreciate any and all that you have. Uh, it's So what you're saying is people should go read it even though it's on Star City. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I'll, 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 I'll return the reins back to Chewie so we can guide this uh, beautiful podcast on the way forward. 
Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, I, I didn't follow the Community Cup because I don't follow anything. What what exactly was the Iron Root Chef? Oh, oh, that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the Community Cup consisted of four different lim- consisted of four different formats. The first one was Modern Masters Draft, which I destroyed. Uh, went three zero with Thalids. The second one was Wacky Draft, uh, which was admittedly even by which was admittedly not the best Wacky Draft they've ever done. Uh, we had two back drafters, uh, which means that they tried to draft the worst deck possible. But because there were only two of them, like, backdraft is really fun if the whole table does it, because then everyone managed to get good cards anyways. Melissa Del Toro made a deck with the only win condition being Silver Knight. Like, that's it. Like, the guy's backdraft deck could only win with Silver Knight, to the point where I think Reed Duke killed the Silver Knight, and he just conceded, because he couldn't do anything else. It was just over. Uh, so Damn. there was definitely some interesting things uh, going on in the Wacky Draft. But the Iron Root Chef was the first format for the second day. And it was actually – it's a really cool idea where uh, using all the cards in standard – out of all the cards in standard, they give us five separate cards for each team. They're the same five cards for each team. Uh, it was Goblin Electromancer, Angelic Horde, mm-hmm. Conjured Currency – oh, God. Strionic Resonator – and Feed the Pack were the five cards. Uh, you may know them as awkward enchantments and artifacts from all of Magic's standard history. Um, what was really cool was, so the rules were uh, five players out of the eight had to build a deck with, with one of the cards, and the three other players had to build a deck with at least two of the cards. Um, and myself being myself, I decided to use all five. Yeah. Of course. Of course, it was it was the best idea. And um, looking back on it now, I would definitely not use Goblin Electromancer because that card's poop. Uh, but besides Goblin Electromancer, um, I thought my deck was awesome. It ended up being a Battle of Wits deck uh, with Battles of Battle of Wits and Mazes End being two distinct win conditions in the deck. Uh, turns out <laughs> both of those are triggered abilities, so you can copy them with Stronic Resonator. I don't know if you see where I'm going there. <laughs> and win twice. <laughs> and win twice. Oh yes. And win twice. I was super excited about that deck. Uh, when it was first given to us, uh, we were told it was going to be based off of uh, boldness, flavor, and mechanics. Like how well the card worked in the deck, how bold the deck was, and um, how flavorful the decks were. And then when it got to judging, uh, it turns out it was just all flavor. Uh, so I definitely thought I would win based off of boldness and mechanics. That I deck was going to say, a- yeah, your boldness should have been like a 15. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the scale was, but it was at least a 15. That deck was freaking beautiful. I I love 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 that deck. Um, you can actually still find it in the in the coverage. It's the only deck featured, funnily enough. Uh, but it was really 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 fun to build. Really fun to play. Uh, throughout the throughout the uh, community cup, there was a little side game going where I would just beat Aaron Forsyth in any game ever. <laughs> like we actually got a tour on Thursday, and I just beat him in Modern Masters draft. Then on the first day, I beat him in Modern Masters draft and in the and in Wacky draft. And then I beat him in the uh, in the Iron Root Chef Challenge. So I just just consistently beat Aaron Forsythe to the point where he's like, you know, you're not coming back, right? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you win too much. I I can't take losing this much to you. And I'm like, oh, okay. We can play so. EDH. <laughs> we can play EDH. <laughs> uh, but uh, I ended up going one and two in matches because my deck was a 250 card deck featuring. <laughs> Battle of Wits and Mazes End. I don't know if you know this, but those decks aren't usually the most consistent. 
Um, but it was a, from what I hear, no. <laughs> it was so much fun to play. I think my favorite card in that deck was actually Tristani because it worked with almost every card except for Goblin Electromancer. Because you can gain life for Angelic Accord. You have the triggered ability of gaining life with Shronic Resonator. Uh, you can populate the tokens off of Feed the Pack and, um, one, two, three. And with Conjure Currency, uh, you can give away the tokens you populated. Uh, which for me, like, that was the one card I was the most proud of finding for the deck. And it was definitely just, the whole entire event was a whole bunch of fun. I have to big shout out to Lee Sharp. It's it's Lee Sharp's little baby. Um, he he coaches the community cup from start to finish, and he put the most work into it. It was a uh, it was so much fun just playing in it. Like that's that was the coolest part. Awesome, sweet. I'm really glad to hear it turned out so well. Plus, we won. So everybody that has an MTGO account that logged in on the Days of the Community Cup got themselves a free Sliver Queen promo and a free Rakdos Tackler promo. Which is, uh, to be fair, I was actually kind of angry they gave us Liver Queen promos because um, I don't like playing against Liver EDH decks. And since those were given out, I've played against like five Liver Queen EDH decks. And it's kind of <laughs> like, it's like a love-hate relationship. I'm like, oh, they're using my card. And it's like, oh, oh, it's Liver's. <laughs> Balls. <laughs> Thanks? It's, uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing to go around. But uh, yeah, just... The best of times. Uh, the people involved in it were fantastic. Like, our community team was so cool. Uh, Reed Duke, Melissa Del, Melissa Del Toro, uh, DZY, or Jan D. Vandersch? Yeah, that guy. That guy. Uh, Kenji Igashira. I gotta do this on my hands now. Uh, Matthew Watkins and Kia, uh, were just, oh, and Michael Jacob were just really, 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 really awesome people to hang out with. Uh, which you'd be surprised if you know Michael Jacob. He seems like a very quietish person, but, He's actually a really cool dude. That was, I've gotten asked that question a lot, like, how is Michael Jacob? And it's like, he's like a normal person. You know, he was like people. Who would have thought? That's weird. Michael Jacob's a person. Hmm, sweet. Well then, for next year, just everybody throw me into it. No, I don't play Magic Online. That's the only thing. Otherwise, I'd vote for you, man. You gotta get, gotta get into that MTGO. If it was just like a community cup, I'd be all over it. Like, I'd be out there promoting and campaigning and all that, but it's, it's the MTGO Community Cup, and I really don't like Magic Online. I, I got it. You ready, Chewy? I, I think I know how we're going to get you onto it. So this is what you're going to do. You know how you like podcasting, right? I do. Okay. Apparently. You a podcast about getting into MTGO, and then you're a lock. That's all you need. <laughs> I mean, I have an account. I've had it since freaking Kamigawa. I just don't like it. You have so many awesome lands now. They give out really cool lands every month, but you should – I mean – if you want to go, it was really awesome. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that Mark Rosewater surprised you behind large oversized cards. <laughs> Which sounds like it's worth the money right there. It's undoubtedly <laughs> worth it. Lord. Well, are you guys ready to get into uh, Thero spoilers since there's a million of them? I think so. Well, you I'm can't. Down. Because... Guy with the annals of Theros, please. No, we can't get in there yet because... We have to add Brian to the call. Yay! Yay! Yay, Brian! Hey, apparently Chewie was walking through some tall grass and a wild Brian appeared. Is it really a wild Brian? Like, really? Brian used be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very It's not a very (laughs) official... Hey, everybody, I'm the lead rambler, and... You know, yay, previews and stuff. So we got some more previews. We've got, like, more previews than we did last time. I know, right? So let's get... Flavor! Okay, I'm good. 
Delicious. Okay, so card image gallery is here. Mm-hmm. Reminder to everyone, we only do the, or really to Tom, we only do the uh, officially previewed cards here on this show because everyone else does all the other cards. And so, I think the first one up is actually, did we do the, the, the hoplite? Not yet. Okay, so I think that's the first one. You, uh, you guys have anything on any of the ones before that? You two, just while you're here? Care uh-huh. to, really what that says is you care to comment on Elspeth, but. <laughs> yeah, so far, every, Every printing of Elspeth, the the second you play her, she just comes out and starts mercilessly beating face. Like if 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 they tried to push her anymore, she'd end up being green. Honestly, with the way she turns out. Um, and this, I think Elspeth's Sun Champion is also really good, and in in the same way that that the Elspeths before her were. I don't know why the one from Scar's Block didn't get the attention she deserved. When when she showed up, uh, Index. It was always murderous. So. Yeah. Like a red cap. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Tom, you got anything you care? On the new Elspeth? Yeah. I think she's, she's very good. She seems like a, she seems like a planeswalker manufactured for EDH. Um, I don't know how well she's going to do in standard, but her second ability is beyond fantastic in any sort of white control deck. Um, and her first ability is, a plus one that puts three one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield. That's right. Don't have to go negative for that. Just get to be perfectly positive. It's uh seeing her at the uh at she was spoiled at the Magic the Gathering Theros party and there was just constant people crowding around her asking if it was printed correctly. <laughs> they, were, they were like, This is a plus one, right? And there'd just be like some random guy like Doug Byer to come by and he's like, Yeah, and they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Cause why not? Because why not? All right, then. Well, let's get into it. The first one up we haven't touched is the Favored Hoplite. And uh, if you listened to last week's Monday Night Magic, it was me and Clues and Jackie Lee, and it was a really good show, and I realized that Hoplite is, like, my new favorite word. So I'm going to read this one. For a single white, he's an uncommon human soldier that's a 1-2, and he has heroic when you cast a spell that targets him. Eh, hoplite. Put a plus one, plus one counter on favored hoplite <laughs> and prevent all damage that would be dealt to it this turn. So your hoplite costs one and you target him with something and he gets bigger and he's safe and you can just rah, just run right through some stuff and because he's a hoplite and he's your favorite hoplite. Hoplite, hoplite. I like how this works both as an incentive to have him attack all the time because, you know, why not? He's going to swing. And then also if you've got instant speed tricks, it's uh, it's almost like a mini fog. So it's like a really dirty tr- uh, combat trick. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, no, nope, never mind. So yeah, that's it's nice and yeah. simple. I just really, yeah. really like the word hoplite. I don't actually think it's that good. I mean, it's good, but I don't care. You know? Yeah, hoplite, hoplite. Yeah, I definitely get that idea. <laughs> like he's 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 decent. I think it's really cool. You'll see this in a lot of the heroic creatures that it's a plus one plus one counter, not just plus one plus one until the end of turn. Yeah. I feel like that's. That's worth the heroic ability. Like, if it was just plus one, plus one, I'd be rather disappointed. Eh, but the counter yeah. is actually, like, it's, a, it's like a real thing. Yeah. Like, if you just common bomb this guy, he gets kind of big. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if, you can, if you can trigger the heroic ability of any given heroic creature three times in an entire game, that's doing pretty good. So the bonus has to be something permanent. Yeah. Rather than anything temporary. 
But if you if you can pull that off, even even putting one plus one plus one counter on this guy without any other bonus, he's a two three for a single white and then another card, and whatever you're targeting with may make him bigger or give him some other effect. So yeah. Um the, the heroic creatures kind of remind me of Evolve a little bit in that if you put the the time into them just for a little bit, they can get out of hand really, really fast. Yeah. So do not underestimate heroic. Just because they're not big and literally monstrous doesn't mean they're not going to be metaphorically monstrous. <laughs> just because they're not monstrous doesn't mean they're not monstrous. Um, up next, you know what I noticed about this set? What did you notice about this well, set? S- since we've been doing the uh, old versus new, where we go through the guilds of Ravnica and compare them to old Ravnica versus return to Ravnica, we talk a lot about the cycles in those sets, because charms and guild leaders and sub-guild leaders and this and that and the other, there's lots and lots of cycles. There's a lot of cycles in this set, too. I mean, like, a lot. There's the gods, there's the weapons, there's the uh, hate-your-own-color hate cards that we're about to get to in a second. There's the emissaries, there's the... Um, there's the, the ordeals. Nymph, the ordeals, yeah. the, the, uh, the nymphs that grant evasion of some kind. There are a lot of cycles, so what I wanted to ask you guys is, obviously, next we've got the very first one in this cycle, do we want to cover it, or do we want to go through all the cards in that cycle? Since it's such a simple thing, let's hit the cycle for this one. All right. Well, first we've got Glare of Heresy. Uh, For one and a white, it's a sorcery. Uncommon. Exile target white permanent. Doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's not an instant or sorcery. If it's a permanent and it's white, it's going away. You have to be able to target it, Geist of Saint. Rotating out of standard. Um, That's the card's name, right? That is, in fact, the card's name. Poor Heliod is like, I am indestructible. And you're like, get out of here. And he's like, oh. oh. <laughs> Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, BS. I'm leaving. <laughs> so uh, this, is, uh, this is pretty straightforward. It seems pretty effective, though. Anytime you're exiling anything, point and click, exile that. Seems pretty good. All right, uh, the next one, coming to us all the way back from Plane Shift, if I'm remembering this correctly, is Gainsay for a blue and one, an uncommon instant, counter-target blue spell. Wow, I thought it sounded familiar, but I just figured mm. it's because it was the word Gainsay, and why wouldn't that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know it was a reprint except that the um, article that previewed it mentioned that it had been printed before, and I was like, oh, when was that? So... Seems pretty good. Yeah, the ultimate cheap counter magic for the mirror match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely not bad. Uh, the, the most notable reason for Gainsay for me is that it's Andrew Cuneo's MTGO name. Funnily enough, a lot of people were wondering who Gainsay was for a long time while he was tearing up MTGO cubes. And it's like, oh, it's Andrew Cuneo. This makes sense. Huh. So I'm assuming he's going to have to update his uh, his profile picture to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And, of course, it also counters... Sphinx's Revelation, so that's always good. Counter Sphinx's Revelation helps you win the counter spell wars. Um, there's a whole lot of nifty blue spells, including ones from the last set, like Mike said, that are blue and something else. So, right. sweet. How come I can't find the black one? I guess it's I just dark betrayal. betrayal. Oh, okay, because up here. Yeah. 
Hey, Tom, what's Dark Betrayal do? Dark Betrayal? That's a black, uncommon instant. It destroys target black creature. Um, I actually really like the flavor text. You're just oh, like awesome. ruthless, cunning, and ambitious. Obviously, you're a threat. Uh, it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm excited yeah, I, about this card, actually. I was, I was reading somewhere that they were like, oh, this is terrible for the color pie, and da 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 and black shouldn't be able to do what? this. <laughs> no, no, th- this was an actual person's comments, and they said uh, black should not be able to do this. For, for this, and I think the flavor of it is perfect. It's, hey, you, you are clearly, you know, you're too much like me. You, you, and you're gonna stab me in the back, so I'm gonna stab you in the back first. Yeah, this feels like a lot like a card that would be in Odyssey almost with the Cabal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, that's just kind of the card it feels like for me, but overall, yeah. it seems really cool. And when you think about the, the very first kill spell, which was Terror, for one in a black, destroy target, non-black, non-artifact creature. Well, think about Alpha. Alpha was 100% flavor because that's all they had to go on. The theory of the color pie was loose at best and extremely loose, probably. And the reason that terror works, why does it work the way it is? Because the color pie that works that way? No, because you're literally terrorizing something to death. What can't you terrorize? Robots, because they don't have feelings, and things that are scary to begin with. That's it. So for me, this is no problem. And is it a good card? Oh yes. Yes, it yes, it's pretty good. Yeah. Sweet. What's the red? I can never remember the peak red. eruption. Like peekaboo. Peak peak eruption. Peek-a-boo. The one that stood out the most to me. The one that had the biggest wow factor. Oh man. Yeah, this oh, is pretty man. great. So peak eruption for two and a red is an uncommon sorcery. Destroy target mountain. Peak Eruption deals three damage to that land's controller. Wow. That's yeah. a, that's a, a specific stone rain with a bolt attached to it. Wow. Yes. Huh. Yeah, that's, um, that's really good. And think about how many mountains that also happen to be other things are getting played these days. Like Mad Blind Mountain. Wah no. <laughs> <laughs> Or like Steam Vents or Sacred Foundry. You know what's going to be really Tom's cool? I think Tom's got it, actually. Destroying a Sacred Foundry with a Chain to the Rocks on it to get back your own creature and deal in three damage? Yeah, that's going to happen. I kind of like... That um, will definitely happen. <laughs> I kind of like chaining your guy to my rocks and then blowing up your mountain first and keeping your guy, too. But I'm just really mean. You shouldn't have any lands or any creatures. <laughs> If, if this is if this is a duel, if this is a multiplayer game, wow, I I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked about the green one last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any comments about it. I for me, it's actually not my favorite hunt, the hunter, just because it is it is so situational and it's it feels like a card that you should get some effect out of it all the time. And like the rest, this was the first of the cycle. We didn't know it was a cycle. Um, None of these work if you don't, if the opponent isn't playing the appropriate color, so I get why it works that way, but for me, this almost even feels more sneaky, cause you read the first part and you're like, okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll get that at least, but you cannot cast it if you don't have the appropriate, uh, target for everything, so. Yeah, because this requires two different targets, that's what makes it rougher. Yeah. yeah, they all feel like mirror match breakers almost. Like if you're a green-white deck going up against a green-white deck, you want your Luxodon Smiter to get in against the opponent's Luxodon Smiter. Yeah. Hunt the Hunter is the best way to do it. Yeah. But 
Uh, it is a sorcery, which is definitely a knock against it. I know I sound like a typical magic player complaining about, like, oh, this card's a sorcery instead of an instant. Come uh, on. Why doesn't it cost two less? Why doesn't it cost two less and grant me five life? But, to be fair, it is a sorcery. Like, that's really important. Like, Pit fights an instant. It's not seeing play for fighting between two unknown creatures. Like, yeah. this card is, it, it's, it's definitely very good in a limited sideboard, but how good are cards that are in limited sideboards? Well, and that's, that's what I find interesting about this whole cycle is when I'm drafting or doing limited, very few, very rarely do I actually sideboard in a lot unless it's against a very dedicated particular strategy. Like I might board in more cards, uh, to deal with a, a something that somebody that's trying to mill me out or somebody that has a lot of artifacts, you know. But the, the intra, the thought of actually having cards that you will actively sideboard in limited is kind of, um, Kind of a novel thing to me, so I kind of like the cycle. So, yeah. but that's the that's the whole cycle. So, for me, for me, it's kind of hard to tell what they'll um, end up doing, and I think it's because the the big cards I can think of are ones that already exist and are going to leave soon. Like if I'm thinking, oh, this can counter Snapcaster, mate. Well, like, hey, that can kill Olivia. Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? The next uh, the next card. Is a set, uh, is a, is a part of a cycle. There, oh, there we are. We're back the, in light. I could the, not remember the emissaries. The emissaries. Unless you also want to go ahead and tackle all the gods. But the gods are pretty special and they're pretty unique, so yeah. I don't know. But the emissaries all work the same way as each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess we'll start off with Heliod's emissary for three and a white. It's a three three enchantment creature, Elk. Yeah, uh, they're they're all uncommons. Get in a three three for four, not bad. Whenever it, uh, it's got bestow of six and a white, so for seven. Uh, whenever it or enchanted creature attacks, tap target creature and opponent controls. Enchanted creature gets plus three plus three. So it's a um, master um, diverter tactician dude from M fourteen. Um, yeah, yeah, which is pretty sweet. You know, you're getting in there all the time. So, so wait a minute, Master Diverter Tactician Dude, that was the card name, but the, the type line said Creature Diverter Technician, uh, Diverter Tactician Dude, right? Advisor. Oh, damn it! <laughs> Diverter Tactician Dude Advisor Soldier. <laughs> I, I personally like to think of this guy as a good season marshal. I think that's definitely a better corollary, cause there we go. Cost four. And I guess. Two, two, there's the three, three with less color commitments. I think, yep. uh, the thing about the emissaries is that as we go through them, they're gonna, they're not gonna be cast for their bestow cost a lot, cause it's a huge bestow cost. It's but so they're huge. fairly solid creatures on their own. Like, this is a four mana three, three that taps a creature when it attacks. Like, yeah. that's really, really, really good. That seems that pretty sweet. Second. Yeah. Thing is so, though, when you do get the opportunity to cast them for the bestow cost, it's still really, really, really good. Yeah. The, and as we've said before, the key is always going to be when do you cast it? You know, when is when is the right opportunity for that? So when you can afford it and when it makes sense. Yeah. But I think Tom's got a very good point of these are they're all three threes. I think they're all three threes for four uh, with some sort of relevant ability. So um, we covered Thassa's emissary last time because it's the head crab. Head crab. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yep. it's, the, it's the crab hat. Yeah. It's crab oh, hat. So when uh, that that episode is up now, it yeah. is it is full of crabs. <laughs> Might want to get that. Maybe you should out. not say it that way. <laughs> well, 
Well, if they've listened to it already, then they've already got the crabs. So. Oh, that's true. So it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. Is Erebus's emissary in an article today, or has it not been shown yet? Oh, has it not been shown yet? Oh, Brian's been on the unofficial spoiler sites. No, I haven't. I, I just assumed that it was all done. Let me I have. You guys. Hmm. Yeah, Marshall Sutcliffe's article is no. Actually, no. It that's about the ordeals. Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, okay. let's finish with what we've got. We have the red one. And <laughs> you sound so depressed. Yeah, I messed <laughs> it up. It's my fault. Oh, and we don't have the green one either. Oh, no. All right, let's just do the red one. Somebody hurry before <laughs> I'm terribly disappointed. All right, so Perforus's emissary is um uh, is an ox who is also a 3-3-4. And he can't be blocked except by two or more creatures, and the same thing goes by whatever he's enchanting. I wonder if he's an oxmoron. Oh, so the guy that you bestow becomes an oxmoron. <laughs> we should totally remember to start saying that. Oxmoron. <laughs> oh, I just feel bad because I was like, oh, look at that. It, it is a cycle. It would feel really weird if there was one in white and one in blue and one in red. We just don't know what the others are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a hit. I got. I got a crab hat and an oxmoron, and then a guy that's just holding some antlers. <laughs> and he shakes uh, it at you, and you you fall over, and that that's you getting tapped. Anyway, but believe it or not, the next card we haven't covered is part of a cycle. I told you there were lots of cycles, and this is a full cycle for this time for real, for real, for real. Are you sure? Like yes. So are they all two twos for three with a bestow of five? They're not uh, all for three. I'm both. Yeah, they all cost three. Oh, the first the, two they, they they're all two twos and uh, with some sort of I don't really evasion. Think, I don't really think these are special enough to bother going through the cycle. Well, that the thought with the with the other one was they're all really simple. Therefore, yeah. you hit them all really quick. Yeah. So the white one uh, is vigilance. Costs yes. three, bestows for five. Yep. Oh, and also all of the so far all of the bestow creatures give um, plus X plus Y for their natural power and toughness. And and uh, Mark Rosewater said that's what's gonna that's what they're gonna do at least for this set. Yeah. Well, just for the sake of reducing confusion, I think that's what they're that's what they're gonna have to do. Yeah. And um, the blue the, one uh, is flying, cost three, bestows for five. Yeah. The black one we did cover last time, and I remember I was going on about this for a bit because. Intimidate depends on the color of the creature you're enchanting, so it yeah. could actually be very, very useful for its bestow. Uh, it's a 2-2 for 4 and a bestow of 6, which is more expensive than the white one or the blue one. For good reason. Yeah. 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 The red one. The red one is the Spearpoint Oread. These are all nymphs, by the way, and they all have a different name for nymphs. Like the white yeah. one is the... Um, Alsaid. What the hell? Okay. <laughs> the blue one is the Nyad. The black one is the Lampad. Uh, the red one is the Oread. And, and the green one is the Dryad. Of course. Oh, and so, the green one also gets to be a Nymph Dryad in her type line. Oh, cool. Because Dryad oh, we've had Dryad type. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the so red one of is all a, of those, I've only heard of Nyad and Dryad. Like, I did, I'd, I've never heard the other three. They're very infrequently used in modern um, references. The yeah. red one, just finishing it out, the red one is a 2-2 two, two for 3, but has a bestow of 6. So that's kind of different from the others. It's meshing those, and it's first strike. Yeah, and but it's not what, 
two two first strike for three. Like the cool thing about this cycle is that a lot of these creatures are just good on on value. Like the the blue one's a wind drake, the red one's a two two first striker for three. Uh, the green one, uh, the leaf crown dryad is a one and a green two two with reach. Like that's really good with a bestowal three and a green. It's a it's a reaching bear. Like it's 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 good. Yeah, yeah. So far, all of the bestowed creatures are well worth playing just as creatures. Yeah. And the bestow is just there as something else for you to do later on in the game if you want. Yeah. Sweet. All right. And the dryad um, costs only two and bestows for only four and has reach and gives reach. Which is nice. Very, very, very nice. Now, quick question. Rules question for everybody here. If I have a creature that is currently bestowed and I cast Humility... Oh, God. Oh, God. Then I think somebody reaches across the table and punches you. Good and that's answer. Only be- and that's not because you broke any... And that's not because you uh, made anything break. It's just because you played Humility, and that's terrible. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, it, it hap- it's, it's the same thing that would happen if you had any other enchanted creature and you played Humility. Right, it would become um, unequipped. Now, the cool thing about this, though, is that... No, 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 no. It, would, it would stay attached. Really? As long as it's... Yeah. When you, when you cast it for the bestow cost... It's just an aura. It's it's just an enchantment aura. It's not a creature at all. And so that means the permanent it becomes when the spell resolves is just an aura and doesn't have the creature type. It, uh-huh. it doesn't get the creature type back until it becomes uh, unattached for some reason. Or if it's about to resolve and the target became illegal somehow, then it'll also revert to a creature, and that's because of a special part of the rules for bestow. Cool. My Good. head hurts. I'm glad we got everyone in, interested in the beauty of humility. All right, so so what's up next? Is the family leader next? This guy's awesome. Yeah, it's part of a cycle. I'm just really kidding. This is, <laughs> this is actually not part of a cycle. Although, watch it be part of a cycle. I don't know, but yeah. finally. This guy's really good. Yeah, he, he he's, he's we were talking about how good heroic can be because of plus plus one counters. This guy's the definition of it. We're reading white it, white so. for a white white for a one one human soldier. He's an uncommon, and he's a he's a heroic one one human soldier. And uh, whenever you cast a spell that targets phalanx leader, you put a plus plus one counter on each creature you control. Now uh, we were talking about how good it is just on the one that puts plus plus one counters on himself. Now you get to anthem your team whenever you target this guy with anything. It's uh, I, I I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah that's pretty serious. Yeah. Sweet. All right, then. Nice and simple. Like, is, he's so awesome that there's nothing else to say. Yeah, I mean... Look at him some... standing there all 300-ish. Yeah, he's very 300. I'm sure you guys have probably mentioned this before, but I'm really excited to see what we're supposed to be targeting these guys with. Like, Rancor doesn't exist anymore, and there isn't really anything really cheap to do. So I'm hoping we get... Like, I, I would even take something as simple as, like, blue give target creature negative one negative zero and like draw a card like give me that back i'll, I'll heroic my creatures all day <laughs> i've got um oh there's lost in a labyrinth <laughs> there you go got it <laughs> i i have the um i have the perfect card for you aurelia's fury for zero. <laughs> oh, fancy that, uh, you, that means you the uh there there are rules about that if you can't choose target if okay if you're supposed to distribute something among some number of targets you can't if you're supposed to distribute something among any number of targets you can't target something and then distribute nothing to it it's the fireball right yeah fire fireball is i mean fireball you have to pay for it but it's the same it's the same idea no 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 it's it's different because fireball itself does the distribution during its resolution it doesn't make you t- 
uh, make any choices. Gotcha. Because you don't make any choices for Fireball, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to Fireball for zero and then just add a bunch of targets. And it, and Fireball will distribute its own damage evenly among all of them, which, oh, which, lets, job, you, which, which lets you break the rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fire, Fireball is, is a real stand-up guy. So Soldier of the, of the Pantheon? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> Can't be targeted by Aurelius Fury. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> No because, or not. Yeah, because for one white, he's a 2-1 rare human soldier with protection from multicolored. And whenever an opponent casts a multicolored spell, you gain one life. So Savannah Lions Plus, or yeah, Elite Vanguard, say. or Elite Vanguard Plus, rather. Yeah. Savannah Lions was a rare, guys. It was a rare. It was. And once <laughs> upon a time, it was. And it didn't even have a relevant creature type. And then they came out with... um. What was the one that was actually a soldier? Elite Vanguard. Yeah. What do you think of this guy? I think he's make me sound old, but I remember when Savannah Lions was like the most terrifying thing you could ever see on turn one. Yeah. Yeah. And now, (laughs) man. When the game started, creatures were pretty bad compared to spells. I think this guy's pretty good. A two one for one is is still never going to be terrible. But it's it's one of those ones where in the right deck he's gonna be or against the right deck he's gonna be fan freaking tastic. Against another deck it's just not gonna care. So especially since it doesn't gain you any life whenever you play a multicolored spell, it's a hundred percent about what your opponent does. So situational. Yeah, he seems like the perfect follow up to Ravnica actually. When your opponents are trying to block with Boris Reckoners, you're gaining life and battling through anyways. It's like oh, Nice burning tree shaman or burning tree emissary. I'm gonna attack you for one gain of life. Is that okay with you? Oh, that's okay with you. <laughs> nice four four for three. I'll block and nothing happens. It's easy. He, he seems like a very good follow up to Ravnica. They always they always seem to they always seem to print these cards too late. Like Ataki Wars Wage printed way too late uh, for when it should have been printed. Yeah. Uh, this guy seems like it's printed right when he should be. Yeah, I, I think they finally learned about when to seed these things properly. At least we hope they have. I, I think they have. Nope, he thinks they have. I have no no opinion. <laughs> the only serious problems we've had over the last several years is with single cards where there just aren't any good answers, period, ever. So it's not a matter of answers coming too late. The answer is ban that jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Squadron Hawk. <laughs> you and all your three friends. <laughs> hey, I've got three friends. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, even though Soldier of the Pantheon's specific abilities are pretty narrow, still, he's a 2-1 guy for one to put in your White Waney deck, or your Boros Rush deck, or whatever. Craig Resco is happy. And What's yeah, up next? Not, so it's not totally useless. Oh, well. What is up next? You know what we should the do? Spear. We should poke someone with a pointed stick, and he went there already. <laughs> <laughs> what about a pointed stick? So Spear. Oh, One white white for a legendary enchantment artifact. It's a rare. Creatures you control get plus one plus one. And you'd think it stopped there, but it continues. One white white to tap it to destroy target creature that dealt damage to you this turn. The ability that will never be used on this card, I think. Besides unlimited. Uh, this is, is, it's a glorious anthem, guys. On a legendary enchantment artifact. It's Ta-da. a glorious anthem that you can't have more than one out of. But that's, I wouldn't underestimate that second ability if only just to really make your opponent go, what can I afford to lose? Yeah, yeah that's remember, true. Uh, Anthony Alonghi? Yeah. This would be yeah. a rattlesnake. Yeah. yeah. It's a rattlesnake with something else built into it, too. So, 
while you're thinking, oh man, can I really afford to attack? You're also getting wailed on. Something that, you know, really, I'm sure everybody else is caught up on and I just kind of didn't realize until I saw the green weapon that we'll get to much later is how well, of course the gods like their own weapons, but how well they actually gel together. And here, the white weapon, you've got a glorious anthem. And what does the white god do? He pumps out lots of guys. So And gives your creatures vigilance. And gives your creatures vigilance. So those two are very, very synergetic. And, of course, most decks are not going to turn down a glorious anthem. But the ones that, if you're playing, like, if you've got a 7-7 seven, seven and, and a 9-9, nine, nine, making those into an 8-8 eight, eight and a 10-10, ten, ten, that's cool. But if you've got, a, like, five one ones and you turn them into 2-2s two or 3-3s, three, that's actually a greater increase in power because you've got more guys. So that's the deck that can most effectively t- make good use out of that. So, and we'll see that again later. On to blue. Blue? Blue. And it's Dissolve. I like I really this. I like this, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll take it. For one and two blue, it's an instant that doesn't increase your devotion at all because it's an instant. Uh, and it's an uncommon counter target spell. Yes, they finally came up with another name for count for cancel. So what's next? Oh wait, this also scries for one. It's it seems it seems really good. It seems pretty darn good for three. You always have to ask if it costs three, is it worth it to counter a spell? To then set up your next spell or look set up your next draw seems. Pretty strong to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question. Yeah. Somebody Next. just vomited. It sounded like somebody vomited. Uh, I, I, I barked a little bit. Did it really sound that bad? No, no, I just really my, felt like saying if it sounded like someone vomited. That's, my, my that's a sentence I don't get to say enough in life. My burp was <laughs> dissolved in my throat. I don't know what to tell you. That's gross. Um, Here we go. Got there. The, the next one we have is... is Possibly even more interesting. It's the uh, mono blue sphinx with oh, the beard. I forgot we got we did the master of waves. I know. I keep looking at him. He's so awesome. Did you guys He's... see the tokens for this thing? Yeah. Oh no, it's that was just, that was today, oh, right? Huh? Yeah, they're super awesome. The 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 horse tokens. Yeah, they're sweet. Oh, those were yesterday. Dang it! Uh, I didn't yes, have to look at tokens them. of Theros from our good friend Trick Jarrett. That I clicked the wrong one. Bad at this game. <laughs> Darn it! All right, got it. Yes, these really cool-looking water horses, very evocative of Poseidon, who, of course, created horses, as we all know from our Grecian mythology. And if you didn't, you do now, which is why they're water horses. And it's just super, super, super awesome. <laughs> Anyways, you're talking about a sphinx? <laughs> <laughs> Hippopotamus means river horse. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. How about a pygmy hippopotamus? Does that work? That's like a pony, a that river pony. <laughs> Uh, right, so right, the Sphinx with a beard. Yeah, it's like a neighborhood. Beardy man. It's a beautiful beard. He's been cultivating it for a while, you can tell. He's like, ask me about my beard, and somebody's like, I don't know, he's like, ask about the beard! <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, you've got a beard, you should probably read that. Alright. Prognostic Sphinx, uh, for two blue and three, you get a three-five flying Sphinx, who's rare. Um, his his most Sphinx-like ability is that whenever he attacks, you scry three. But his other ability is discard a card. Prognostic Sphinx gains hexproof until end of turn. 
tap it. I really like what's going on here. It's it's kind of like you have to choose because you know I can go ahead and use a spell to to try and and keep it from attacking me this turn, and then you won't get to scry for three. Scry three being, of course, the highest number we've seen next to scry in this set. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know you're gonna give it hexproof, so trying to kill it is futile. But did I really waste a kill spell to tap it? But then it's kind of like, but maybe I need to tap it. So there's an interesting tension going on here. But then he doesn't even need to connect to scry for three. He just needs to attack. Yeah, that's pretty important. There's a big difference between when this creature attacks and when this creature deals combat damage to a player. Yeah. And some, some criticisms of this card that I've seen are basically along the lines of, well, I'm going to be dumping my whole hand protecting him. I don't think that's really worth it. I'm like, well, consider. If you actually end up dumping your whole hand, your opponent had to do the same, trying to throw kill spells at him, and your opponent had to spend mana doing it. Mm-hmm. So, so that perceived drawback doesn't really exist. Right. If it's a stupid idea to discard that card in, instead of, you know, letting the Sphinx die, then don't discard the card. Yeah, just <laughs> let the Sphinx die. It doesn't say, if an opponent would cast a spell that would destroy this creature, you must discard a card to save it and tap. Wow, that's just awful language, but you get what I'm saying. You, you, you are making the choice to save it, so... So wait a minute, yeah. do I have to go edit that? Like, was it that bad? <laughs> Throw some bleeps in just to be funny. I like the effort. It was already confusing. It was already confusing. If you throw in some bleeps, no one's going to have any clue what was just said there. And then they'll always wonder, we'll have to release it on a bonus edition. Yeah. That means more work for you. God damn it, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you have to beep. So is is the next uh, card the best named card in Magic? I don't know. Uh, Swan Song. So yes. Okay. Dibs on this one. All right. Swan Song, a instant. It's also a rare for a single blue mana. That's 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 single a single you. Counter target enchantment instant or sorcery spell. Its controller puts a two two blue bird creature token with flying onto the battlefield. I have no idea how they thought up this card. I'm gonna say it right now. I have no idea how design thought up this card. This makes just no connection for me at all. But fantastically named Swan Song. Just couldn't be better. Love it. It is I'm, exactly what it says it is. I'm gonna buy a playset, never play them. I just, I just want some of these. If, if there's a foil swan song, I'm buying it. Doesn't matter. That's mine. That's mine. Give me that right there. That is now my personal property. I, I like how it's swan song, which is a phrase for those of us that aren't as familiar with the English language, because, you know, we do have other people that, people from other nations that listen to the show and certainly play magic. Swan song is an expression that basically means final, final show. This is your swan song is your last effort. Um, so I'm waiting for the card jump the shark. Ah. <laughs> hey, I'm betting that's coming up in, in born of the gods. That seems like a good trick to be taught by a God. <laughs> How to jump is a it, shark. Is it, an, is it an equipment that gives you Island walk? Is that how that works? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so anyway, uh, Swan Song, what it actually does, counter target enchantment, instant or sorcery spell. Enchantment. So yes, they're getting a 2-2 bird, but this counters almost everything in the set. 
Yeah, the other so. cool thing is like it's it's a whole bunch of different magic cards in one. It's a null, which I think did a null get artifacts? A null got artifacts. Yeah, there's, there, there's a bunch of like targeted like for there's one for instant, one for sorcery. I don't know if there's one for enchantments itself, but it just combines all those cards into one beautifully named package, which is really cool. Squawk. <laughs> That's a cool spell. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> That's a god of the sea. Fossa, I got of the sea. Holy crap, she costs three? What the hell? Yeah. I read this, cost, I just... She costs three? What the hell? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Quick, every, read it. Somebody. Every other one costs four, correct? Correct? Yeah. Yes. At least. Uh, Fossa, God of the Sea, costs two and a blue for some reason. Uh, is a legendary enchantment creature god. She's mythic. She's a 5-5, five, five, indestructible. Has that god phrase, as long as your devotion to blue is less than five, it isn't a creature. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. That your upkeep, is sweet. Your upkeep happens before your draw step. That yes, is, it does. That is right there. Stop right there. An enchantment for three that says at the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. I'd play that. That is yeah. indestructible. It can randomly become a 5-5 five, five attacker out of well, nowhere. Even, even without the randomly become a 5-5 five, five attacker. Just, it's just, just that. I would play that. But then, but pay, one then. A, pay one in a blue target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. That's all of this is is crazy. <laughs> I don't want to hear about more blue now. Even I, clues I, I, has to like this card for God's sake. I I don't want to hear about blue getting shafted anymore. I just don't want to hear it. Because that actually has never happened in the history of the game. No, zero percent happened. People people think <laughs> it happens one time. Uh, and then just quickly turning to the weapon, as we said, because we covered the weapon last time because it's the um, release promo. Yeah. Um, again, and making yeah. your guys indestructible and having a um, – coast is it coastal piracy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whenever Kujik Control does combat damage to a player may draw yeah. a card. That, that's, those go pretty well together. I'm going to make my guy unblockable, and he's going to hit you, and I'm going to draw a card. Yeah, wow, these two were really well together. Seems all all of them seem to work pretty well together. So sweet. Yeah, for for Thassa, um, there's a there's a user on Tapped Out who who also has um, uh, a Quest for Lilith Temple deck like I do, and sometimes you know when new cards come out, we'll comment back and forth about ideas about new stuff. And he said when Thassa was first unofficially spoiled, he said, "Hey, do you think this will go good in our Quest for Lilith Temple decks?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, she would." <laughs> Because of the scry. Because of the scry. And because you only need like, if, if I've played, um, an, an, an augury owl and her, there are so many of the leviathans and krakens or whatever in the deck that, well no, from like her, an augury owl and a quest, any of the big creatures that I can drop off the quest will wake her up. Just like whoop. And then you got a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, 5-5. Five, five Which is actually not the biggest card in that deck, but hey, it doesn't hurt. Yes, yeah. I magically get another creature. Yeah. Yeah. Bonus indestructible five five. Really quick word from the commander side. Uh, this is a an enchantment that can be tu- that can be tutored up with Zer the Enchanter. You're welcome. Oh, That's- what the hell, dude? <laughs> Ta-da. Oh. Ta-da! Now make them indestructible. Uh, make them unblockable using this instead of vanishing. It's it's. This uh, is. These may also all all the gods may also be actually used as your commanders. Because they're all, they all have the type creature. So, awesome sauce. He can, he can pull up all the weapons too. Zerk can. Uh, most. He can't get the Biden because the Biden's at four. But oh, I that's, get, yes, no, 
forgot his limit was three. Yeah. No, the 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 oh the Biden is four. There's another one that's four. I thought they were all three except for that one. There's another one that's four. The whip, I think. Yeah. Is the whip okay? The whip is officially the, the whip is at four. The whip, the whip the, yeah. It came out yesterday. Yesterday. Same thing. We were gonna record yesterday. That's where your head is at. Oh, that is where my head is at. All right. So, oh, is the fortune hunter? He's pretty straightforward. Wait, what? Oh, Triton. Triton. Okay. Fortune hunter. Two in a blue, four two two, merfolk soldier, heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Triton, fortune hunter, you get to draw a card. Most important Boom. part of this creature is that he's a merfolk and he's a two two. That's all yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah, he's yep. a he's a gray ogre that maybe you can draw a card. Eh. Draw a card. Don't underestimate it. But it's I, like like all these heroic things. I just don't know if I want to spend a lot of time on it. Obviously, if any, if there's one that interests you guys, just let me know. But can we talked about him already. It, it's <laughs> yeah. The one that anthem's the team. I like that one. The anthem, the team guy. Yeah, he's badass. Eggs in that basket. <laughs> I think the wave crash triton is pretty powerful. Well, yeah. Well, what's he do? You're so smart. We talked uh, about him last week, but you know what? Mike's here, so go ahead, Mike. Exactly. He's that guy for a blue and two. He's a one four, so he's a um, horn turtle, who's also a merfolk wizard. And his heroic thing is whenever you cast a spell targeting him, tap target creature and opponent controls, and it doesn't untap during his controller's next untap step. Oh. Mike said horny turtle. I definitely stopped reading that guy after tap target creature and opponent controls. I didn't know he didn't untap during his controller's next on task tap. I'm going to agree with Mike here. That actually seems pretty cool. I can definitely see suiting up. Like, suiting up horn turtles has never been a bad idea because it's really hard to block a 3-6. Or it's hard to block a 3-6. Like, it's just like, what do I do here? And now that it comes with, and now that it comes with additional, that guy doesn't untap. I'm also a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm on Mike's side this time. He seems pretty cool. Sweet. Plus Merfolk. Plus Merfolk. Dang it, man. Well, tell you what, then. Since we did the Community Cup in two colors and a cycle or two, should we... Or four. Or 17. Should we pause a minute and find some hero music to play? Sure. Yes. Excellent. So, let's see. Since Tom is here and the Community Cup won, and I need a song that has the word hero in it, Let's play our break music will be Hero of the Day by Metallica because that's what Tom is. Yeah. 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 I can I can find thirty seconds of Hero of the Day that doesn't have terribleness in it, right? Hmm. Of course. Probably. Oh wait, I'm thinking of a different song. Yeah, that's a good song. Okay. <laughs> More than likely, yes. Sorry, I don't like disposable heroes as much. That's the one that was in my head. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what either of those so, are. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy some Metallica Hero of the Day, and we will be right back. Shut your mouth. <laughs> so that I'm just was just talking about Airbus. <laughs> so that was some Metallica. Now let's get to this guy who is really metal. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna read him because I'm I'm the black guy here. You you are black, and you know there's this guy. So yeah. So uh, Shaft, God of the Dead. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, Erebos, God of the Dead, for three and a black, is another legendary enchantment creature. God. So when someone asks him if he's a god, he's like, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, he's mythic. He's a 5-7. As all the others, he's indestructible. And if your devotion to black is less than 5, he's not a creature. Just a legendary enchantment. God. Wait, would he still have the subtype if he's not a creature? Um, yes. I'm thinking yes. Only if God is also an enchantment type. If God isn't an enchantment subtype, then he won't have it when he's not a creature. Hmm, that's good to look up once the fact is uh, put out there. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, so, uh, he's got his two abilities. One, your opponents can't gain life, so that's cool. Cause who wants your opponents gaining life? Certainly not me. <laughs> and his second ability, for one and a black and pay two life, draw a card. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty freaking sweet. I heard a lot of people going, oh, you know, this is awesome. Oh, wait, I read it. It's not two cards. I guess it's not that good because you're paying two mana and two life. It should be two cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, it's Somebody that hit was, that person with a stick. It really shouldn't. And don't underestimate this first ability. Yes, there's no Thrag Tusk, but, you know, Sphinx's Revolution for five. I gain nothing. I draw some cards. That's still pretty good, right? And I'm still going to lose to your deck now. There's, there's actually a lot of cards in the new standard. Um, a lot of people haven't been talking about this lately recently, but Tristani still exists. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then just from a straight commander standpoint, this guy is bonkers. The amount of life gain that just happens in commander, you can just say, like, nope, good try, sir. Yeah, it's like every other thing has, in some decks, has the, you know, oh, and this gains me some life subtext. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That that whole ability really, really shuts down a lot of strategies, so. Yeah. And then... He's still a 5-7 indestructible creature. Like, I feel like a lot of people, it kind of gets shut to the side, but it's just like, he's still a 5-7 indestructible creature for 4 mana. That like, just oh my god, you know, you know what he does? He totally shuts down the second, shut up, he totally shuts down the second half of Soldier of the Pantheon. He does. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I just had to throw that out I was there. just going to say, he's, he, of, the, of all the gods, he's one of the ones in the best position to actually survive a mutilate, which feels good. Ah, makes well, sense. Mutilate will also be rotating out, so. Oh. I'm just saying, well, I'm just saying that sort of effect. Because, you know, there's very few ways to deal with Indestructible, mm-hmm. and he's got the big butt, so he yeah. cannot lie. <laughs> also, just, just thinking about, um, the way, the way black works and the way so many black cards are, it's really easy to get five devotion. I mean, uh, just to step away from standard for a second, Phyrexia's Arena is played in black decks. Like for for EDH, like this guy is going to be a creature at least seventy five percent of the time he's in your deck, especially yeah. if you're just an Erebos deck. It's going to be just he's uh, of of the gods. He's like top tier as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. For for no. new generals. Yeah, and, and then an equivalent to Phyrexian Arena exists in standard as Underworld Connections. I mean, oh, that's him, right. Him Underworld Connections and pretty much anything else that I would yeah. actually want to play will turn him you, on. And if you get outside of standard, I'm like. I play Erebos, go, okay, my next turn, I play a Phyrexian Obliterator, nothing else <laughs> on the board, he's active. So. <laughs> oh, Obliterator. How and I don't know, maybe you want to play this in the other order, whichever, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, you're right, because you see more double and triple black spells than pretty much anything else. I'm thinking a white, if I want to get... Uh, Heliod on, there's like Dawn Elemental, and then there's a bunch of three costs, like Angel of Serenity and Acroma. There's that and, Malachite guy who's a 2-4 for a triple white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's got plenty of like white knights, you know, 2-2s two for 2 white. Blue 
is going to be one of the harder ones because yeah, I, I think there's there's a big reason why there's a large Merfolk sub theme in there because like yeah. the Merfolk lords are all like double blue, like Lord of Atlantis. All right, we're getting there. It's uh, it's I think the other cool thing about the gods is these guys in foil are going to look beautiful. They are going to look beautiful. Realize that the foils are going to be mm-hmm. amazing. And we got a lot of cards to cover, so I don't want to spend too much time oh, on sure, one sorry. guy. But no, 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 I'm, I'm not shutting you down. But I do want to say from a flavor perspective that I really like what they've done here, where this is more uh, like what the traditional role of Hades. He's not a bad guy. I like Disney. I really do. But Hercules um, and you can't have Zeus, you know, sleeping with a mortal woman. So he's actually a god, and he's accidentally turned into a mortal. But of course, the god of the dead, also Hades, he's a bad guy because dead and darkness and dur, you know. And so he's like, <laughs> now, wait a minute. To be fair, in the Disney uh, Hercules, it wasn't so much that he was a bad guy because of his function. He was just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but that's why. So you know, but there's already all these negative connotations, and yes, he's he's a he's a dick. Uh, this guy is more of the neutral. You know, he it's his job to look over the dead. He's not evil per se. It's just this is his realm. And then uh, he's the shadow of Heliod, basically. And one that's one last how, thing that I yeah. love about this guy: the god of the dead. Make sure your opponents can't gain life. Yes, beautiful. With, yes, very 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 flavorful. Ooh ooh so. ooh! Let's do the whip. Let's do the whip. All right, whip, whip it. Crack that whip. <laughs> the whip of Erebos costs two black and two for a legendary enchantment artifact. That's rare. Creatures you control have lifelink, uh, and its activated ability is two black and two. Tap to basically unearth a creature from your graveyard. Return it to the battlefield. It gets haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. And if it would leave the battlefield, exile it, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. He's literally whipping them back to life. Yeah, he's he's using his whip and he's you know whipping somebody that's in the land of the dead, the underworld, and he's dragging them back out to do his bidding. And as soon as they're done with them, they go away. Man, I love this set. I know, this, right? <laughs> and once again, you know, we, we compare these two. Oh, yeah, flavor. Sorry, I was doing that all last episode with everything, so I, I thought I'd give it a break. But flavor. Um, but with the god, the god shuts down life came for everyone but you. It's very important. He doesn't say like rain of gore or sulfuric vortex or any of those that say, you know, players can't gain life. He says, your opponents can't like gain life. And while they're not gaining any life, you've got the whip out, you are winning the race. Just oh, God, about yes. all the time. This yeah. is my second favorite, um, maybe the second best, in my opinion, of the weapons. Yeah. Very close to the front. but I, I didn't get to it while I was talking, but you can only activate the, uh, the unearth ability at a time you can cast a sorcery. Which is right. good. Which yeah. is very good. No, no, no emergency blockers. Right. Yeah. Um, just because this question is going to come up a lot, um, this does include bouncing it. It's when it's uh, exiled uh, instead of putting it anywhere else, but except exile. Uh, so if you have a card like Aetherling and you mm-hmm. exile it, or a card like um, Obsidac Obs- Council, yeah. which yeah. exiles yeah. itself, those cards will be able to re-enter the battlefield. I it's, like yeah, how the whip, the whip won't try to interfere with them. Establishing. I, I like how Obsidat was listed in the article that previewed this card. So it's like, here's how the card works. 
and here's how you can get around it, like or exploit it. So that was helpful, and at that at least answered that question for me. I was like, does this work like on Earth? Oh yes, it does. Okay, good. So, because I don't know all the rules. That also means if you want to blink something that you've whipped back to life, it'll come back. Yeah, as long as you exile with blink. So flicker form will work, but momentary blink will also work. What's to say? Yeah, Does a momentary blink exile. exile it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exile. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, journey's <laughs> end will not work. <laughs> jo- jo- journey's end will not. Only or, or, work. I'm sorry. Voyage's end will not put it back into your hand. It'll see it try to leave, and it'll go no down with you. Exactly. Um, so there's a really exciting card that was also spoiled, which uh, I hope it's okay that I take this amazing spell right now. One black black for an instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Called it. It's hero's downfall. Oh, wait, no. Blah, blah, blah. blah. That, that is that. We'll just say blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sound effects. It gets the people Mike, going. Mike, uh-huh. your, your deck can now run... Eight dread boars. Eight dread boars. Hell yeah! Oh god. Four of which at instant speed. Or oh, yeah. just and, four and dread ones. Yeah. Hey, I'm dread boar is good. Nothing. There's dread another card in my good. deck that was unofficially spoiled that I'm sad I can't talk about because when I saw it I was like, yay! But whatever. I'll have to see that one later because I'm yeah. not doing that sort of stuff. So yeah. that's cool. Um, people complain that it's rare. People complain about everything that's rare. We'll get to another cycle later that people are like ah that I completely believe should be rare. So we'll get to that later. This is cool. Kill it. You stomp on it, really. Even yeah, really. heroes break. It's cool. Oh, Sneak. dude, that's brutal. Yeah. Destiny exalts oh, a chosen few, but even heroes break. I like that. Hmm. All right. Well, so here's something that could break a hero. A legendary creature that is not a god. It's too bad Dirk isn't here because Dirk mentioned a couple times that he did not want to see another legendary creature block like um, Kamigawa. And this, to me, is like hitting all the best things about Kamigawa, where we do have a high density of legendary creatures, but they're all interesting. There are none that make me go, oh, they're all interesting. Like, Well, remember, Kamigawa also had to load them up at Uncommon, yeah, too. To it did, sense. which ultimately kind of... Shot itself in the foot. Uh, this is Hythonia the Cruel for four and two black is a legendary Gorgon. It's mythic. It's a four six with death touch. Uh, monstrosity of six and two black. So that's eight. Monstrosity three. So you're becoming a seven nine with yeah. death, that's already got death touch. And when it becomes monstrous, destroy all Non-Gorgon creatures. I like how she is sitting on a throne of heroes that have been turned to stone. Hoplites! <laughs> She's on a comfy hoplite chair. <laughs> She's literally fashioned a throne out of them. Yeah, that's this actually is, really cool. It's freaking sweet, man. Just, mm. It's probably going to be Hey 8 Wrath. Unless they just happen to have a Gorgon out, in which case you're like, uh, kill it. Then yeah. blow everything up. Yeah. Very Again, we have, a, we have a really easy way to remember whether something has turned monstrous. Oh, did that yeah. turn monstrous? Oh, yeah, that was two turns ago when I lost. We had the, uh, <laughs> we, we, we talked about that green python last time that I was like, man, I wish Mike was here because we were having that discussion. And I yeah, said, I, I bet they make somebody that doesn't have any abilities – other than monstrous, and yes, it's got reach, but that doesn't 
depend yeah. on it. So I was like, and I was like, like, I don't know. And I think I also remember saying, I don't know if they're going to put this at common, but they did put monstrosity at common. But yeah, so a lot. It's like, hey, you remember that time I paid seven and got a eight nine with wreaths? I'm like, no, no, I no, I don't. Yeah, you must is have it? a head injury or something. <laughs> yeah. So this is pretty sweet. Uh, right. Torment, tormented hero is next. Oh wait a minute. Hey Mike. Yes. Read the bones. Great card or greatest card? Uh, who boy. It's not as good from a flavor. It's somewhere in the middle. The the best card still in the set for a flavor perspective is still rescue from the underworld. I don't know. I would have to argue that the Cerberus is better. I understand that. I understand what rescue from the underworld is, and it's and it tells the story perfectly well. But the way it works is just too clunky for me to like as a card. Yeah, it's uh, still with delayed triggers and just really awkward. Would you like it better if it was a sorcery? Oh, God, I forgot that this thing's an instant. I always forget it's an instant. <laughs> well, I even mean, though it's, it's a an better instant, card. that doesn't help because everything is delayed triggers. Yeah, but it's still an instant. <laughs> so, That's Tormented, true. Tormented Hero? Tormented Hero is sweet. All right, what does it do? It's a Tormented Hero... <clears throat> For a single black mana, it's a 2-1 human warrior. And Yay, 2-1 for 1. Oh, yeah, it's uncommon. a black Savannah Lions. Black. 2-1 for 1 army. Woot. But it's black a human warrior. Do what? Black white humans. Black, black white, white humans. humans. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. Aw, oh, not cool anymore. Screw you, Gravecrawler, you hippie. Anyway, and it has heroic. When you cast a spell, the target's tormented hero. Each opponent loses one life, and you gain life equal to the life loss this way. Now, in a duel, that's just good. In multiplayer, that's freaking great. Yep. That's what we call the Siphon Soul effect, and yep. do we love it? Yes, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and this one comes down on turn one, or, you know, turn whatever. It costs one. You can always hold on to this thing and just play it later and immediately enchant it. Yeah. Sweet. There was one more thing I wanted to say about Read the Bones. Um, oh, sorry. That I didn't get to. Like, one of the reasons that I just went down to two... Um, Sign in blood in my deck was because there were times when I just felt like my hand was getting clawed with them at four and they didn't consistently help me out as much as I thought. But for read the bones, being able to scry to before I draw means unless I just got screwed by the way the deck ended up being shuffled, I'm always going to get something very, very helpful when I cast a spell. So I'll never feel, so I'll never draw the cards and be like, <laughs> so that helps a lot. Yeah, it does. Just checking, because I, I loved it a lot, and I was like, oh, dude, I miss Mike. Oh, yeah, that's great. All right, we move on to Red with the Fanatic of Mogus. I'm sorry, who? Oh, Mogus, look at that. Mogus? Mogus? I don't know. I just want to see a, a, a Mog, a Moogle. This guy's not a Moogle. Yeah, just like like he's, ah, and like Squee sticks his head around, sticks his head around his corner. Hey. <laughs> but then I'm a dork. Uh, so the Fanatic of Magus for three and a red. It's a Minotaur Shaman Uncommon. Um, and it's a 4-2. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to each opponent equal to your devotion to red. Very straightforward. Whoa. You, you kind of get it right away and you go, I understand what it does. And it's a 4-2. So, really sweet. Just want to emphasize a point here. That's each opponent for, for you guys who love multiplayer and for me that loves multiplayer as well. That's each opponent. That's not yeah. target player. That's each opponent. It's like, oh, yeah, all you guys take a four. <laughs> what? 
And then hey, it's not my fault. I just wanted to have. I just wanted to play a dude, man. I just wanted. To, <laughs> now, now, yeah, just, look, I have like two guys, and quit picking on me. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this card I think is uh, it's already. I mean, I know this is very early, but it feels like kind of a sleeper for this set. Um, which is weird. Whole set's not spoiled. This sleeper. Uh, but you should really keep your eye on this guy. His effect is very, very, very strong. Um, as far as EDH is concerned, Kiki Jiki is a real magic card that is also a general that has three red its mana cost. Expect this guy huh. to automatically go in that deck. It's wow. eight when it comes that's um, really good. I, oh God! Not only does it have the three red, but it's Kiki Jiki, so you can just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God! Because that general wasn't good enough. Uh, it's now got Fanatic Amogus. Um, I really, really, really like this card. I think it's very, very, very good. Uh, all the, all the, a lot of the really good creatures in red right now, as far as Sanders is concerned, Burning Tree Emissary, um, Boros Reckoner, they all have multiple red symbols in them. So even this guy coming down, dealing four to your opponent is strong. But the possibility of this guy dealing upwards of six or eight, especially if you're playing cards like Hammer of Perforos, can just be obnoxious. So I, I think he's going to be very good. Um, is he going to see consistent play? I'm going to be honest, probably not. But I'm excited. I'm honestly excited about this card. Sweet. Seems good. I'm excited because you're excited. I really wasn't that excited when I read it, but now you, you have, you've got me swept up. So <laughs> hype, hype, <laughs> hype. Feel the hype. <laughs> Pre-order 16 of the. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, don't. Yeah. Be sure to um, pick up some. Uh, go ahead. Mike start to say. Or you back say. I was going to start to segue into the next card, but if oh. you have more. Well, uh, to back up for just one second, I mention something real quick. Um, regarding uh, Acro and Crusader, uh, we are talking earlier, and I think Tom first brought up, about the fact that the heroic guys tend to give some sort of permanent bonus, mm-hmm. you know, to, for, for the effect of targeting them. And even though Acro and Crusader doesn't give plus one, plus one counters to anybody, uh, as do most, as do many of the ones that we've seen, he gives you one, one soldier tokens that stay there. They don't like get exiled at the end of the turn. They stay with right. you. They even have so, haste. Yeah, they even have haste. So you still get a permanent bonus. You just right. get more guys to give bonuses to. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, uh, Annex, Annex and Samedi are the only ones that are purely temporary. At least that I remember seeing. Hmm. So far. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, does lightning strike twice? I love this art, dude. This is ridiculous. This infoil is That's going really to be nice. one of the most beautiful things oh, gosh. ever. So will Magma Jet. I actually so kind of prefer the old Magma Jet art, but... Um, I, just, I just like thinking of the foil Magma Jet. I think the foil Magma Jet from this set is going to be beautiful. But lightning strike, as you're mentioning, is just to quickly talk about the card. It's a one yeah. It's so a one in a red common instant, uh, deals three damage to our creature or player. You may know it as Searing Spear, but now it's a lightning strike, because Searing Spear, I guess, made no sense in Theros. Yeah, because Heliod has the spear. He's not red. What the hell? Oh, that... Good point, Chewie. Good point. I, really? Yeah. I just... I was just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Since people complain about every card, one of the complaints I heard about this card was, why wasn't it Searing Spear? I can't tell you how many people, like the first... Five at least pages of the thread for this on salvation are why you know, I quote unquote I have like so many Searing Spear promos. Why can't I just play with that one unsmiley face? And I'm like, <laughs> shut the hell up. Because Searing this card is named Lightning Strike. 
<laughs> Searing Spear, you know, I like, I know people like promos, but Searing Spear is a common. Lightning Strike is a common. It won't be that hard to replace. Yeah, you're going to get sick of these in about a month. Yeah, and so just, I don't know, I just don't have much sympathy for that. Just, it's a common, so just deal with it. And it's a, it's a nice, neat, tidy effect. And then the other half of people were like, this is terrible because it's not incinerating. This is fine. I am curious to see if they print any way to deal with voice of resurgence that isn't just pure profit for them because we are losing. Um, they, they did. We are losing uh, Pillar Flame. The Exile, the Exile Awake permanent. Glare of Heresy. That's, That's true. true. That's, That's right. true. There we go. There we go. Or Chain to the Rocks. Oh. How about not? <laughs> Man, I love me some Chain to the Rocks. So anyway, so, Lightning so Strike. Magma Jet. Oh, yeah, Magma Jet. Magma Jet, a reprint from, um, uh, when Fifth was Magma Dawn. Jet? Yeah. Fifth Dawn, there we go. Yeah, Fifth Before Dawn we... was the set where Scry first appeared. And it was the only good thing to come out of that set. Yeah, even though it had nothing to do with anything. That was oh. back when they would still put mechanics in sets that had nothing to do with anything. They they had the bringers in the in that set, and those were pretty sweet. Okay, yeah, I guess the bringers were good, too. I'm a fan of the bringers. The rest of it was pretty terrible, though. So Magma Jet, for those that don't know, if you're not old school, it's one in a red, instant, uh, uncommon, deals two damage to target creature or player, scry two, which makes it quite possibly my favorite red burn spell ever. All of the all of the scry cards from Fifth Dawn had scry of two. That was it was just set that way. In a set like this where everything else seems to be except for that one Sphinx that we saw seems to be scry one, red having access to scry two on a very efficient burn spell feel I realized why they had to reprint it, because it would have felt really bad if they had reprinted something worse. But it feels really good, like borderline I'm not going to say too good, but it's a lot better than Scribe 1. You think Scribe 1 is good? Scribe 2 is literally t- better than just so another say, one It might there. be more than twice as good. It, that's what I'm saying. It, it's more than twice as good, and that may not make sense, but it <laughs> the is. The problem is it's also more than twice as different than Scribe 1. Oh. <laughs> it's better. More An S and then a more different S. <laughs> so, but yeah. It's awesome. It's sweet. It's magma jet. So I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Would you hit it like the fist of an angry god? Magma jet? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about right now? I'm so confused. I'm not sure. Like was... like the girl that's casting it because the fo- the spell itself is what I, I don't want to make it with a spell. I totally. I mean, I I've always been more of a flame javelin kind of person. Oh baby. <laughs> give me give me a nice you know. Cloud of uh, that looks like a hand with lightning coming out of it, you know, because that's not creepy. Oh, at all. Maybe. let's. Uh, <laughs> that really lights a fire for me. Anyways, I, I know you guys have probably talked about this guy, uh, but can we really quickly focus on Perforous God of the Forge? We haven't Actually, talked about him yet. We did. Oh, we haven't. No, 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 I didn't think so. No, we haven't. He was not officially spoiled as he of was, last. but he was officially spoiled like in the, or the wrong language, and we were really tired. Oh, uh, that's right. That's yeah, right. I may have, I may have so, seen you. This guy got previewed. You sound really excited, so why don't you tell us about him? Not that I'm not excited, but, you know, go ahead. Perforos, God of the Forge. This is a three and a red, six, five, legendary enchantment creature god, which means he's obviously mythic rare and indestructible. Now, as long as your devotion to red is less than five, Perforos is not a creature. All right. 
But here's a here's the saucy stuff. This is this is the secret sauce in the good burger. Whenever another but, creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each each opponent. That's not one opponent. That's not two opponents. That's all the opponents. And then for two and a red creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn. I am so happy this guy exists. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean his his his, his pump ability. Might look pricey because it is a little pricey, but two damage is a lot of damage just for a creature entering the battlefield. For everybody. Mm. Yeah. And if you Every remember, his time. his hammer makes dudes. Yeah. Yes, his hammer makes yeah. dudes. We we go to the hammer. His hammer makes quick. dudes with haste, doesn't it? With yeah. it, with well, all his hammer gives everything you've got haste, oh. including which, himself, including, including himself. himself, and include. So once again, they go together really well because. You make a guy, you deal two to something, and you get to smack with it immediately. Immediately. That's pretty sweet. So you have to wait a minute? No. no you can do it immediately, <laughs> unless it comes in tapped, like that black heroic guy. Oh, He's tormented. Best. He's like, I've got haste, and... Uh, oh, that is a torment. <laughs> still dealt to. This guy seems so, 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 so good. He's um, really good. He's, he's, he's my favorite god as far as... Oh, yeah, he's my favorite god. I love this guy. I can't wait to build an EDH deck around him. He's going to be super fun to play with, horrendous to play against. Uh, it's just going to be the absolute worst time you've ever had playing against him. But uh, it's, it's I can't wait to cast him. I just can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. But you know, what's really interesting is where you start having god, god on god pair-ups. You know, I'm not talking about some sort of dating scene. And of course, you're probably not going to have more than one as a creature at any given time because of the devotion. But like this guy with Heliod, I'm going to pay four and make a dude that has vigilance without casting me a card that shocks you on the way in. Actually, uh, the, the coolest thing is, um, going more eternal here. Uh, the demigods, like demigod or revenge, gets you five immediately. Dios of Cal- calamity gets you five immediately for both. So if you're if you're going for that strategy, you can definitely do it. Uh, but I think that's definitely well, more of a sixty card deck. Yeah, than and see, see, I'm, I, when it comes to these gods, I'm not even really that concerned with them being creatures most of the time because they don't even need to be most of the time. Their effect on the board is so strong. If they ever turn into a creature, yeah, that's pretty good. But just having them on the board is going to be good enough. Yeah. Unless you need one more blocker, in which case you're screwed. But, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he's sweet. Let's see. Super sweet. Super sweet. Well, next we got the other uh, Mythic Rare. Mythic Red card. Good lord, really? We got... Oh, I guess we did get all the rest of these already. Damn. Yep. Dagron! Dagron! He also has haste. <laughs> oh my god! He's not the Burninator? No, he's he's the Lightningator. The Storm Breath Dragon. Um, for... T- I almost said two blue for some reason, because he spits lightning. For two red and three... Because that's um, a blue thing. <laughs> blue dragon shoot lightning. There Never mind. Is. I forgot. You didn't play D&D. Oh, see, um, this is magic, you. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so, so two, I almost said blue again. Two red and three. For a four, four dragon with flying haste and protection from white. Um, so that's cool. Uh, four, four, for five, flying haste. But he also has a monstrosity ability. His, he has monstrosity three and it costs, uh, two red and five, so seven. And when he becomes monstrous, uh, 
he deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of cards in that player's hand. So now you have a 7-7 flying dragon with protection from white, and your opponents just took some damage. It just clocked somebody, yeah. Yeah. Or everybody. As we've said, a lot of these red cards are deal damage to everybody else. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the multiplayer love. I really do. Sweet. It's, it's pretty sick. Um, okay. Next, <laughs> next, next roll to green. And we've got the Arbor Colossus. I can totally see up his skirt. Well, why don't you so, tell us about it then? I would well. The card, not this the is skirt. A family. Oh, okay, right, right. <laughs> so, for two colorless and three green. He's a 6-6 rare giant with reach, because he's really big and he hangs out in the trees. Uh, his monstrosity cost, he has monstrosity of three. His monstrosity cost is three and three green. So maybe next turn, maybe not. Wow, so then he's a 9-9 with reach. That's that's not right. And when he becomes monstrous, you destroy target creature with flying and opponent controls. So basically, he just swats something out of the air when he becomes monstrous, and that is awesome. <laughs> but it's just buzzing around his head, and he's like, so the ability is pretty sweet. But when you really think about it, it's a six-six for five. Mm-hmm. It can become a nine-nine <laughs> for one more mana. Not exactly one more mana, but one more mana than what it talks costs to cast him. That is ridiculous. Yeah, until just a few minutes ago, I guess it was something about the three green symbols in his cost that was throwing me off from reading his casting cost correctly. And it didn't really stick with me that he was a 6-6 a six, six for 5. I mean, you see three green in a mana cost, you think he costs like 8. Yeah, might as well, yeah. <laughs> at, at least six. That's that's what I think when I see three green. And, and of course, in this weird set that we've got going on here, and I mean weird in the best way, it's great that we're thinking about these costs this way. This, you know, you might go, oh, he's not so easy to splash, and that's true. But he adds <laughs> three to your devotion to green, which is not unimportant. Yeah, Nylia is going to get turned on quick because I mean she can see up his skirt too. <laughs> well, and, and there will be other. I'm sure there will be other cards with the care about devotion to green, like the acolyte. So this guy's gonna be really hard to block as well. I think uh, I remember first reading monstrosity and not realizing it, you can be you can do it at, at instant speed. Mm-hmm. Attacking with this guy on the next turn, uh, your opponent has to jump block or he takes nine. And if he does jump block, you don't have to monstrous. You cast another card, and yeah. he can't. And he has a block with nine power to be able to kill him. It's yeah. There's just so many good things going on. You, you, play, uh, you, play, you play this guy. It comes back to your turn. You just draw your card. You just kind of look at your hand. You put a land down. You look at your opponent. You look back at your lands, and you go, combat, and you <laughs> smile a little bit. And they're like, Arrah! so sweet. Yeah. these. I, I'm still waiting for bad cards. Does that make sense? Like, Yes. I, <laughs> The, the more, oh, seriously, the more I go through this no. set, the more it's just kind of like, oh, five mana, five, four, four mana, three, three, three mana stone rain that deals three damage to its controller. Like, there's just, where are the bad cards? Where, yeah, they're, bad they're, cards. they're saving those for the full reveal next week. I, guess I need so. some chaff here. So people this can is, go, this oh. Is, this is no. too much wheat. Too much wheat. <laughs> Name of the episode. 
and saving them for when you open up your booster packs. Like, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> Remember all those good cards I saw before? <laughs> Here's this cake, and I'm eating it too. Although I never understood that phrase. What is the point in having your cake if you can't eat it? And how can you eat it if you don't have it? So I don't understand. Are you so supposed to just look at it? The way I understand it is that having it means like, oh, look at this beautiful cake. Isn't it wonderful? Which kind of goes away once it's happened. Like showing it off. Yeah. That is I the think, most. I think. And I'm not the, completely sure that's actually what it means. But that is the best explanation I have ever heard about that's that. The only one I've ever life. heard made any <laughs> sense. <laughs> okay. Who shows All up right. a cake? Is that a thing? Do you know, like, 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 it's a wedding cake, maybe. No. <laughs> Guys, come over and check out my cake. Oh, cool cake, Chewy. Chewy. I like it. I was it's like, over... hey, look at that wedding cake. It's like, yeah, it looks like a bunch of alligators tore into it <laughs> I was over at, have both. man i was over at dart's house and he had the sweetest cake I'm sorry. <laughs> oh sweet like it had that that really good icing oh I, you know oh i didn't even hear that all right i'm gonna keep going now yeah let's talk about um, the boon because he's pretty boon, he's pretty ridiculous for this guy makes me miss um the wolfier um avenger so much for one and two green, he's a four, he's a legend, he's an enchantment creature, satyr. Uh, Legendary a, enchantment satyr god. He's, uh, he's, he's a rare, um, and he's a four two with flash, uh, enchantment creature gets plus four plus two and he has bestow, um, of three and two green. Mike, can I bestow this guy at instant speed? Yes, sir. Yep. Awesome. I get why he is as good as he is. I get why he's a rare. I'm not saying he's not good. It just makes me wi- miss Wolfier Avenger a little bit, who's about to be wrote. I- he's not even gone yet, and I already miss him. But um, dang it, oh, man! Dang it! If only this guy we regenerated. Yeah. The the few people I've played against who actually run Wolfier uh, Avenger, it always catches me off guard <laughs> when they play it. I'm like, oh. Damn, I just walked right right into that, didn't I? So, so this guy having flash is is very cool, and the fact that you can bestow it instant speed is awesome. Plus four to power. You might actually be able to block that giant guy and kill him. Nope, it's distinctly possible. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. If if they weren't expecting it, if they if they put their shields down, so to speak. His bestow cost is actually manageable, which I think is the best part about this card. It's not six, it's not seven, it's not even eight, it's five. And I think five is definitely available in a, in a green deck. Like, there's a lot of times when you're just going to have other things to do on three and four, and you can attack in and just mess up all combat math. Like, okay, I'm going to trade. No, actually, this is a four-two, and then now when it dies, I get a four-two anyways. Ha! All right, I'm gonna go ahead and yeah, take the I next. I think that's that, that's one of the best benefits of him. You know, even though he doesn't give much bonus toughness because of his shape, you still get a guy if the creature you bestowed dies anyway. Yeah, and it's a four-two guy. Yeah, and so, I, I think I think he's a lot. I mean, a lot of these guys are better as bestowed, but I think he's clearly better because a four-two is not terrible, but it's gonna die blocking almost anything. But giving something plus four plus two is a completely different story. Like, this yeah, guy so. is amazing on defense. Like, you just make a 1-1 one, one into a 5-3 that trades, and then you have a 4-2 to attack back with. It's, yeah. There's there's a reason why 
Flora went berserk about this card. It's, it seems really good. Did he go berserk? Oh, he went, I mean, it's Michael J. Flores. Okay. I mean, he's only yeah. got two modes, is berserk and jerkwad, so. <laughs> um, the next card is very straightforward, so I'm going to cover it really quickly. It's Nessie and Cor- Corsair. Mm-hmm. Corsair. Wait, and wait, wait, holy crap, isn't that a reprint? It's the future shifted green. Every color got one oh, vanilla the, the full, full art. Yeah. yeah. And he was actually in a corset, I think, too, after that. So for two and a green, he's a 3 3. Centaur warrior. Common. That's yeah. it. It's sweet. 3 3 for 3. Keep your curve. I'm just covering it really quick because it's. We've Go seen on. it before. It's a reprint and it's vanilla. So let's keep moving. Go on a diet and keep your curves. Just a quick reminder because it isn't in the physical spoiler but we did find it the bow of nyalia yes uh, oh yeah why why is that not in the i don't know not, in the developing article but we're not sure but it was spoiled this week so yeah on monday yeah yeah there it is right there Bam. um i have oh, it this thing is me. stupid yeah so one green green for a legendary enchantment artifact it's a rare attacking creatures you control have death touch and for one in a green, you get to choose one. Put a plus one plus one counter onto target creature. Or, Bow of Nyelia deals two damage to target creature flying. Or, you gain three life. Or, put up to four target cards from your graveyard on the bottom of your library in any order. Um, it's I a believe- Planeswalker enchantment artifact. <laughs> legendary know, right? bow that, that, that ability involves a tap also. I don't know. If- uh, yes, yeah, one in green and tap. <laughs> yeah. And it only costs three as opposed to the whip or the bident. This is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the best one. Um, that's hard to evaluate. For it me, is hard, it's hard to evaluate. It's the, it's the one that's the most difficult to understand. I mean, the, the first, the very first ability, put a plus one plus one counter on a target creature, makes a strong case for it being, um, maybe being the best one, but all the rest of the words, are just, it's just hard to tell what's going on. Well, it's the almost, just the pure versatility. And the fact that none of these is a terrible ability. And even that last one, which is very situational, if that was all it did, then it would be eh. But you put that ability on a card that does all these other things, and you have a great reason to run it main deck all the time. And then if they're milling you out, oh, look, you've got the answer. And then you're doing – you. this is always the right card for all the right situations. You have a flyer, I'll kill it. It's too big to kill, I'll put a plus one, plus one counter on my guy. Oh, that's not going to help me? I'm just going to gain some life or restock my spells. This is never terrible. And then, um, once again, as we've done matching up the the bow with the god, this was the first one that made me really go, oh, wait a minute, these go really well together because you know what's better than an attacking creature with trample? Is one with trample... And death touch, thanks to the way that the rules work. Mike, how do the rules work if I've got a creature with trample and death touch? Well, with trample, you just have to assign at least lethal to the blocking creatures, and the rest can go on the players. With death touch, one damage counts as lethal. So if I've got a 4-4 with uh, death touch and trample, and you blocked with a 1-17, (laughs) it's taking one damage, and you're taking three damage. And it's still dying, and I'm still trampling over for three. I think you're still in the game where your opponent plays a 117. Not with Doran out, baby. <laughs> Woo! Oh, God. <laughs> the, the twist. 
the twist is always there. So, yeah, the bow's pretty... Nice Shyamalan just moved in. The the, the bow is really, really good. We'll We'll have to see which one is the best of the best, but... For a whole lot less. All right, let's see. I believe we covered the rest of the green cards last week. The very first um, multicolored card that we have not covered is one that I'm going to take because it's awesome, and I've always been an Orzhov fan. The Ashen Rider Woo-hoo. for four and two white and two black and 11 more mana. Uh, it is an Archon. It is a 5-5 five, five flying mythic. When it enters the battlefield or dies... Exile target permanent because the angel that just vindicated something when it came in, that was pretty good, but we can do more now when it enters and when it dies. It's like, it's, it's the, uh, angel of despair with the, uh, there, there was an archon that yeah, the archon when it of died. justice, wasn't it? Archon of justice. It's like they had a baby, and the baby is riding a giant flying polar cat there. Polar, polar, you know, Not a pole cat. That's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to pay money for a special Moashen Rider where it's a flying pole cat. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like it. I'm going to hate playing against this thing, but it's awesome. This, it's, uh, now, it costs eight. So there's a decent chance you'll die while you're waiting to play it. But if you get it out... That's zero. Let's let's be honest though. I don't think anyone's really paying eight to get this thing out. This guy's coming out of the graveyard about seventy five percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just gonna get whipped out of the graveyard or something. Oh or, god. Well, if it gets whipped out, it, you only get the one activation. <laughs> but if, um, oh. um, if oh. you use if you use Obsidot's aid, then yes. Obsidot's aid still works. Yep. All right. Well. Let's move on to the next one. Another Archon that's not riding a lion. It is a cat, though, so that's that's closer. Yeah. At least it's not some bull... Oh, no, wait, never mind. <laughs> That'd be an Literally ox. a bull. It's an ox. Never mind. <laughs> so we got a Planeswalker. We did. Certainly do. Once again, Blue not getting the shaft. <laughs> that's black, because, you know, the god. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Ashiok... Nightmare Weaver for one blue and a black. He's a planeswalker. His, his type is Ashiok and he is mythic. He starts at three loyalty plus two exile the top three cards of target opponent's library minus X put a creature card with converted mana cost X exiled with him onto the battlefield under your control. It's a nightmare in addition to its other types minus 10 exile all cards from all opponents hands and graveyards. Guess what? They're now exiled with him, so you can pull one of them, assuming you yeah. have any loyalty left. Yeah, which, which is a pretty big assumption. Um, but yeah, so uh, N- Nefalia Drownyard is rotating out. But here we have something very, very similar. And what you lose in flexibility, you know, the cards don't go to the graveyard. You can't self-mill. You can't be running more than one at once. You get four in just the threat of an amazing amount of danger from even just one activation of him. After one activation of him, you know, you'll have you have three cards sitting out there and he'll be at five loyalty. So you might very well have something, you know, completely terrifying that you can bring in with him the next turn if he's able to stay safe from damage. And 
drown yard costs one and a blue and a black to activate, so it effectively costs four because you have to tap the land as well. This you invest three in, and then if if they can't remove it, you get the effect every turn thereafter for free. Yeah, and you don't even have to win by milling with Ashiok. If you flip up something where you just say, oh, I'll just take that and win right now, you can just win that way instead. <laughs> you, you can do either or, So, and especially in limited, this is going to be the nuts. So, yeah. I like he, how- he can't protect himself, but starting at essentially five loyalty is a pretty good start. Yeah, at, on three. Mm-hmm. I like how I, I really need to stop listening to people because after the net, there's another planeswalker we're going to go over, and it was revealed before this one. And people are like, man, you know, blue just keeps getting all the terrible stuff. I guess because they thought that the green red one was good, blue wouldn't get a good one. So of course <laughs> we've had two planeswalkers, not counting Ajani, that cost three in the last two last three blocks, and they're both in black. And this one is even. I wouldn't say more control-oriented than Liliana. It's different. But this one also is blue, so... And then, of course, the most important thing is that this guy doesn't have a face. I, I just wanted to put that out there. People yeah, are just, trying to... Just, just so everyone establishes this fact. There is no nose apparent here. It's it's a weird indent into horns. There is no face on Ashiok. Where we're going, we don't need... Eyes? Faces. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't look closely enough at the yard. I thought it was just some sort of, like, a headpiece that covered the eyes and nose. No, no it's, it's not a hood. His head just kind of stops there. What the hell, dude? You need to get that checked. <laughs> you need to take your ass to the clinic and quit sleeping with those nasty... Anyway. Right. So, yeah. He's been hanging out with Liliana too much, is what you're saying? Yeah, see, thank you. I'm glad someone picked up on that. <laughs> okay. Um, so while we're on Planeswalkers, let's go ahead and hit the other one. Just hit the other one while now. we're here. Sure. So, okay. Xenagos the Reveler. He's a satyr, so he's a party boy. Uh, for two, a red and a green. He starts with three, loyalty. And his plus one is, add X mana in any combination of red or green to your mana pool. That's us. Where X is the number of creatures you control. That seems pretty good. It is pretty good. Not bad, okay. not bad. Just checking. Uh, his second ability is a zero-cost ability, and it is Brainstorm. No, it is a 2-2. You get a 2-2 red and green satyr creature token with haste. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then his limit break for minus six, exile the top seven cards of your library... You may put any number of creature and or land cards from among them onto the battlefield. I miss the creature and or lands for some reason. <laughs> wow. Let's throw a party and everyone's invited. <laughs> That's the idea. Really quickly, because I know people always mess this one up. That is put, not cast. So, yeah. really quickly, put, not cast. Yeah. It's important for certain cards. Yeah, this thing is pretty sweet. I mean... The ability to just ramp with stuff, or the ability to just get guys with haste that protect him, or mm-hmm. swing. The best ones usually cost four. The best ones usually can protect themselves. And this is a really unique sort of um, sort of ramping effect that he's got here. So I think this one is really interesting. It's got a lot of potential. I can kind of see a uh, red-green monstrosity deck in the works here. Where you start ramping early and you start playing some of these huge things. 
mm-hmm. um, and you ramp it to ones that you know make you sack lands. Ooh, oh well, you yeah. know, and and become huge. So and if you're and if you're ramping into um, if you're ramping with him to cast more creatures, and that'll increase the size of his ramp in subsequent activations. It's true. So yeah, and then also. Um, I was gonna bring this up during final thoughts, but we're, we got a lot of cards to go, so I my final thought might be bleh. Um, <laughs> you think about what's still gonna be in standard, I think Evolve is gonna see a lot of renewed interest, because there are, the average size of creatures in this set is big. Yeah, it, it really is. is. You really, you, you see three threes for three, just about everywhere, you see four fours and five fives for four. Um, there's a card directly uh, parallel to this guy, or uh, well, the one next to it is a six, six or five. The one above that one is a four, five for four. These are not small creatures, so you might do something like play an experiment one, or play a renegade crosses. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm sorry, my head just broke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> thought about that one. But this guy he, seems great. He's, this guy seems very good. Two, get a 2-2 two, two every single turn. Not bad. I, I'd play that as an enchantment for 2 in red-green. I'd love it as a planeswalker. Yeah. So. Yeah, apparently he's also an important story figure. Um, Is he? I watched the world, bu- I watched the world building panel and, uh, and Jenna Helland explained that, you know, when he was, when he was just a satyr, he was all like, yeah, I'm the big badass. And then his planeswalker spark ignited and he was like, yeah, I'm even more of a badass. And then he went out and started traveling around the blind eternities and encountered things that were so much more powerful than him and he kind of felt like a chump. So he came back to Theros to be a big badass again. And he's yeah. going to try to overthrow the gods to become the biggest badass. Damn. Wow. So I guess under the, those furry legs, he's got some massive balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is he, is he the, is he the, uh, the threat that Heliod alluded to. Yes, he is. And and if and if you already know that that's who it is, then you can see it's his face that comes up in that. Okay. See, I thought it was. So I was like, oh look, it's Nicobolus because <laughs> of the horns. Yeah, basically. Oh my okay. God, he's actually just Nicobolus wearing fuzzy pants. <laughs> uh, heard it here first. Where's his fuck? Right. Well, we book? have like. 10,000 more cool cards to go. Yeah, let's keep going. Right, right. So, yeah. so like, better than Watch Wolf is next. <sighs> Fleece Mane Lion. It, it is literally the lion in sheep's clothing. Uh, if you like Watch Wolf, well, too bad. For a green and a white. <laughs> That's right. you got to riff them up now, guys. <laughs> for, a green and a, for a green and a white, it is a 3-3 cat at rare. Um so that's already pretty good. Three and a green and a white monstrosity one. Well, you might go, oh, it's just a four four. As long as Fleetsman Lion is monstrous, it has hexproof and indestructible. <laughs> Which is now in a book. Wow. Just, yeah. Hey, nice smiter. <laughs> Mine doesn't die. Yeah, I, I, I like him just because everyone seems to be, just because everyone seems to be speechless. I think he's going to be very good. I honestly yeah. think that people are overvaluing the amount of times you're going to monstrosity this guy. Uh, it's not very often that on five, the best thing you can do is make a 4-4. It's already on the battlefield. You're probably going to add more to your board. But, that well, means that it's still, it's, it's still an amazing upside. Just like crazy good upside. Sure. That can't be ignored. He's, he's going to be very good. He's going to be sought after for a long time. It's, it's very versatile. You know what I really like is where you uh nothing, never mind. I was thinking of something that doesn't work, so I'm not even gonna tell you what it was. Okay, good. So I let's really go the- it. nice. It gets it gets hexproof. It's it's the ultimate ore wearer. 
uh, which is pretty cool. Like once you once this once you make this guy a monster, you're just gonna put all the auras you can on him because he's indestructible and SX proof. You just yep. shove it all on. Ooh, baby. <laughs> not not all right. Please. Ugh. So we got a Sphinx next. No, we got a Minotaur. Oh, this guy. We didn't do him. Okay. Nope, he wasn't revealed. We did the other Lord. Oh right, right. So Kragma Warcaller for three a black and a red, a two three Minotaur warrior who is uncommon. It gives your Minotaur creatures haste, and when your Minotaur creatures attack, they get plus two, plus oh until end of turn. I totally missed that this was an uncommon. Yeah, I did too. Huh. And I just said it. The question everyone keeps asking is, why is he black? And I think, one, that's racist, and two, why is he black? Because It's it's because of the way that... um, We'll keep going, Brian. Because there are undoubtedly black Minotaurs in this set, the way that they have portrayed the Minotaurs. (laughs) Yeah, Minotaurs. Yeah, it's it's because in in this set, Minotaurs these Minotaurs are completely uncivilized. Yeah, like before, we've just seen either pure red Minotaurs or Boros Minotaurs, or some these, blue Minotaurs, say, or Labyrinth. Minotaur. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah okay, or, or Labyrinth Minotaur singular. But, um, but these are these are these are almost mindless beasts. That, yeah, like, they're 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 much more beast like. Like they have they have the capability to make tools and clothes. But that's about it. Yeah, look at the flavor text here. A war color merely brings the herd together. After that, the meat hunger is all the encouragement they need. Yeah, so so this is this is more of the the, the true classical depiction of of the Minotaur, a flesh hungry beast. Yeah, of which flesh hungry, just ravenous beast. Really, one of them. But there's more in this set. Uh, really quickly about this <laughs> about this singular card. Uh, it is Minotaur creatures you control, and whenever Minotaur you control attacks, unlike a lot of Lord wording, this includes himself. So he is a 4-3 attacker on 5. Just want to put that out there. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. And he's a 4-3 attacker on 5 right then. Yeah, because he's got haste, and he gives other Minotaurs haste. Cool. Okay, then. So, Beardy Sphinx? This, this Sphinx this Sphinx does not have nearly as impressive a beard as the last one. Not even slightly. But a much more impressive ability. Yeah. Yeah. So so we were wrong about which one of the power nine they were going to use. Um Metami the Ageless for a blue, a white, and four. He's a four four flying legendary Sphinx who's mythic. Um whenever Metami the Ageless deals combat damage to a player, take an extra turn after this one. Yeah, casually take an extra. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Let's do it. Yep. Yeah, you know, just if 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 you don't have anything better to do. <laughs> and we were thinking, you know, we were thinking that Power Nine that would have used might be Time Twister because Same. time is just difficult to balance. But they found a very very nice way of doing it, in my opinion. His next ability says, "Madam I the Ageless can't attack during extra turns." And it's not just his own extra turns. Yeah, just any extra turns. Right. So say you were to play one of these guys, give it haste, like with Lightning Reeves, swing, get yourself an extra turn. Next turn, play another one of him, thanks to the legendary rules, sack the old one, and put on the Lightning Reeves. The new one can't attack, because it's an extra turn. The skirt! Oh, dang it. <laughs> but if it was a Sakashima, hey, hey. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, make it a Sakashima. That, then it still can't attack. It can't? No. Oh, it replaces when, uh, all right with names. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a text variable called card name. And it just uses its own name every time it appears. Oh, uh, we can't make it more broken? Darn it. No. Just trying <laughs> my best. Still so pretty sweet. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, you know, uh, he can, 
like like you found out with your you know magical strionic resonator in your um, deck you were talking about earlier. Yeah. You can use the resonator to copy his triggered ability. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I hate time stretch effects. I hate time stretch effects, especially in multiplayer. Resonating. <sighs> resonating and resonating. Really quickly, not a big fan of the art. I think it's kind of half not the best art in the world, but very yeah, excited to play with this guy. Kind of, He's like sitting on the top of a, leg- of a library of Alexandria. Don't really get it. <laughs> read a book. <laughs> it's in a book. It's reading rainbow. Oh Speaking my of gosh. reading rainbow, prophet of proofing. Beam me up. <laughs> um, Can't see. No, never mind. Mike, why don't you tell us about the prophet? <laughs> the prophet. I just finished talking about. Oh, Matt that's Mark. right, you did. It sounded like Tom was about to start reading. The oh yeah, sure. Why don't I you just tell us about the prophet. Prophet of Crufix. Three green and a blue for a two-three rare human wizard. Untap all creatures and lands you control during each other player's untap step, and you may cast creature cards as though they had flash. So basically, they took your Teferi peanut butter, they took your Seedborn Muse jelly, and they were like, "Hey, blue green likes doing this, right?" And they just smushed them together. And everyone was happy. When I read this card, I literally couldn't believe it for a second because I'm – at least in certain circles that I belong to, uh, Seedborn Muse is seen as borderline too good in EDH and multiplayer because it's so – such a powerful effect. And I'm like, they really took this and they gave it Yeva? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, yep. it's still fine. Uh did they really do? Yeah, this is going to go in every deck that can support. They took away it. Also, a point of toughness. That's 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 fair. Woo. <laughs> woo, I say. Um, your decks just got so much scarier. Just so much scarier. I, I did not realize until I actually read the creature type that it actually was a human. Because I think I looked at the art and just said, "Okay, this is something other than a human." But that's actually her arms. That's the, an after image. Of yeah, her I was arms. just looking at the art, and it's really cool what they've done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what with the multiple exposures or however you want to call it, that's yeah, pretty badass. Yeah, with the time manipulation stuff. Yeah. Okay, the let's card, keep going. The card's yes. very cool. I'm not going to keep going. To, I, I want to echo Brian's sentiment that I am scared of this card in EDH. Actually, I think it's really damn good and something I am legitimately scared of. I, I don't want to play against this card. I'll let you know that right now. All right, now you can keep going. I don't even know what's next. Is it psychic intrusion? Psychic intrusion for three and a blue and a black. Charles, he got in my head. <laughs> it's a sorcery. It's rare. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-land card from that player's graveyard or hand and exile it. You may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled. And you may spend mana as this though is mana of any color to cast that spell. No, I'm just I'm old and it's getting late. Um, I like the fact that you don't have to cast it this turn because then that would make that five casting cost on psychic intrusion pretty restrictive. So you choose something, you exile it now, and the next turn you go sure. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a control mirror, you pick their counter spell and you're like go. <laughs> or you say psychic intrusion, and they say <sighs> counter it. <laughs> like ah. Next turn, psychic intrusion. You're playing two of those. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. I, I like how you're allowed to choose from either the graveyard or the hand. Yeah. Like once you see their hand, you can be like, oh, all these cards suck, and you can yeah. go look at the graveyard instead. The, the fact that it's not just from their hand is actually really, really strong because otherwise. 
it's it's easy if you think that someone's playing this, you can kind of try and move it around it. But the fact that you can then just take something from their graveyard is sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, a uh, quick EDH rule tip. Uh, you can cast your opponent's cards uh, if, if they are not playing blue-black because you spend the mana as any color. You're not creating yes. mana of any color. Correct. Just, that's there very is, quickly. They, they are clearly, clearly designing cards with EDH in mind, even if they're not necessarily for EDH, but with EDH at least in mind. And you'll see that on several of these cards. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is one of them. Also, I think for this, because um, does, doesn't Daxos have a similar ability? Yeah, you can cast the card. Yeah, it's a four mana. Right. I, I think they're also doing that because all the other effects like this that make you actually pay the mana, printed before, I think all of them, maybe except for one or two that I can't remember right now, you actually have to pay the real mana cost, and that just turns out to be a massive pain in most cases. Like Praetor's Grasp, I think. Yeah, and a really big turnoff for the card in general. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was Daxos of Miletus that I, I I kept feeling like I was seeing this, you may spend mana of any color sort of phrase. So, in your head, yeah. you weirdo. I mean, what? Yeah. It's all in your head. Next. Next. Hey, it's a Gorgon. Chewie, tell us about the Gorgon. We didn't do this one? Okay, Reaper of the Wilds. Two, a green, and a black. For a 4-5, four, 4-5 five, four, five for 4 Gorgon. It's rare. This is so awesome. Whenever another creature dies, scry one. Cha-ching! <coughs> and the rest of the card doesn't matter, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, for a single black, it gains death touch until end of turn. And for one and a green, it gains hexproof until end of turn. So... <coughs> it, so they're you can never kill things, be able to kill it. You can save it, and you can scry all day and all night, and it's amazing. And it's a 4-5 for 4. What the hell? There we go. That's the and thing. It's a 4-5 for 4. It's a 4-5 four, for 4 with a freaking ridiculous static ability that as long as you keep up a 1 and a green, they can't easily kill. Uh, haba, haba. So where are the bad cards again? I'm looking for the bad cards. And remember, uh, those, those are after the individual card previews. I think right, maybe... Right. Maybe when you're at the pre-release and your opponent got four of these and you only got one, then oh. it's a bad situation. But, um, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, moving on. Next. I love this guy. Is yes. it Timoret? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Timoret, the Murder King. And before we actually get to his text box, I actually went to um our forums and looked up Mike Hakuhara's post because I wanted to read it. So Timoret, the Murder King. Michael Kohara says, I wonder if Timoret is murder king of a constitutional murder monarchy or an absolute murder monarchy. Do you think he's restrained by a murder carta? The murder king is dead by murder. Long live the murder king. Living dead proof that it's good to be the murder king. A horse, a horse, my murder kingdom for a horse. <laughs> and, and he he probably does, in fact, have a million of those, as he says. Yeah, I, I love Michael Carr so much. I'm so glad we managed to get him on the show. That was that was great. <laughs> yeah, so, so those were his thoughts on Timberet the Murder King. <laughs> Timberet the Murder King costs a black and a red for a 2-2 legendary zombie warrior at rare. Um, you could pay a red and one and sacrifice another creature. Uh, Timberet deals two damage to target player. Pay a black and one and sacrifice a creature. Return Timoret from your graveyard to your hand. So both of those are effectively another creature because you can only use that second ability while he's in the graveyard. Yeah. 
Although in theory you could stack a Timoret that's on the battlefield to get the Timoret that's on, on the battlefield. <laughs> yes, I suppose you could. Comma, you idiot. This guy's pretty good. I, I read one or two comments that are like, oh, you know, he only hits players, and that's not so great. And I'm like, first of all, you have a guy that's going to die, you stack it, you deal him two. Second of all, how great is this guy against planeswalkers? Pretty Holy good. Holy crap. Yeah. He's like anti-planeswalker tech. I remember seeing Jack make a post about this on Facebook, saying that he's he's not a very good... Uh, zombie commander at all, but he is, but he is a very very good card in a zombie commander deck. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sweet. Yep, I like it. All right, uh, on to the artifacts, oh, like the horse. horse. The horse. Take it, Tom. A crow and horse. It's a four mana o four horse. It's a rare. It's got defender. Seems seems pretty bad. When a crow and horse enters the battlefield, an opponent gains control of it. That's mm. terrible. Mm. <laughs> Magic At is the beginning breath. of your upkeep, each opponent puts a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token onto the battlefield. I love this card. I love it just for the flavor, for just how wonky it is, just the art's even fantastic. It's a Trojan horse. It's a Trojan horse that works just the way flavor. <laughs> It works just the way the Trojan Horse should. So I know that we still have um, several fairly new players that listen to our podcast. And just just keep in mind, uh, the text on a card is talking to its current controller, unless it yes. specifically says otherwise. So when you give it to an opponent, now the text is talking to them. So now your opponent, that person's opponents are the one that gets are the ones that get the soldiers. Wow, so that would be. You're one of the players getting the soldiers. Yeah, this would be really weird if it was like, you know, pay four, give somebody an 04. At the beginning of that person's upkeep, they get a soldier. Thanks for putting this card in your deck. Yeah, (laughs) jackass. Now, you have to get through a 04 defender, but... Yeah, but your one one block, but your one one guys aren't going to kill a zero four defender, so you're still going to be getting more of them. Exactly, which you don't want to kill this thing, and it's not killing any of your guys. Yeah. So sweet, but that's a good card. What I love is the next card because you know me. I, first of all, I like alternate win conditions, and second of all, I love chaos. And this card is both. This is the Pixis of Pandemonium. Did I spell that right, Pixis? Yes, I believe Pikes you it, Pikes is. Yes. Okay, did I pronounce it correctly? Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, costs one mana, and it's a uh, rare artifact. Tap. Each player exiles the top card of his or her library face down, which means nobody can see it, including its owner. Pay seven. Tap. Sacrifice this. Each player turns face up all cards he or she owns exiled with this, then puts all permanent cards among them onto the battlefield. I might get some great stuff. I don't know. Maybe if I'm scrying, I set it up. You might get better stuff. I don't know. That's It's crazy, and it's chaotic, and someone somewhere is going to like open this, and it's going to go, like, at a sealed event, somebody is going to go, turn one, picks this a pandemonium, turn three, black, blue, planeswalker, this is the best game ever. 
for me, <laughs> not for you. I can, you know, the art in the article he talked about uh, trying to abuse this, setting it up so that you're getting the better deal. If you, if you're a fan of um, Turbo Fog, where you're, you're everybody's getting milled or drawing a lot of cards, and you're just staying ahead because you can get them back, or because you're forcing the other person to draw more than you, this symmetrical effect, as long as you plan it correctly, will not hurt you as much as the opponent. So, yeah, I like this. I don't, I don't even, I, I like the the fact that the seven ability is there, but. I don't ever have to use it if I'm just exiling stuff, so it's great. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, when you are, because it will probably matter here, especially with all the R's and everything, when there's a bunch of stuff entering the battlefield all at the same time, any choices that you have to make before things actually enter the battlefield, you know, they can't see each other. So if there's an R being brought in, you can't choose to attach it to anything being brought in at the same time. If there's a clone being brought in, you can only pick from stuff that's already on the battlefield. Nothing else that's being brought in at the same time. So just keep that in mind. If you if you build up a bunch of stuff and activate the seven so ability, use use the example in the email. Use these in the what? The Phyrexian metamorph email. Oh, um, I will find open my email real quick. Oh, well, the the person said if I'm getting a Grave Titan and a clone, can I clone the Grave Titan? They're both entering the battlefield from the graveyard for some sort of, like, Rise of the Dark Realms or something like that at the same time. Can he clone it? And the answer is Yeah, the answer no. is no. Yeah, because like most clones, Phyrexian Metamorph says, you know, as it enters the battlefield, which means before it actually gets there, you have to make the choice. So that means it's not on the battlefield yet, and neither is the Grave Titan, so you couldn't choose the Grave Titan. Exactly. All right, next we got some lands. The Yay. Temples. That the nobody tem- but me likes, apparently. I like them. I the think they're amazing. The and temple, you. the temple of abandon, temple of deceit, temple of mystery, temple of silence, which does not keep people from playing spells, and temple of triumph. Man, the art in these are beautiful. Ah, uh, no. They're real nice. These each one corresponds with a two-color combination, which was also a guild in Gate Crash. So if you keep that in mind, you know what these four, are, these five are. There's four. One's a hidden one. Yeah, the Temple <laughs> of Mystery is definitely not a blue-green one. <laughs> uh, every single one enters the battlefield tapped. Every single one you can tap to add one mana of a particular two-color combination to your mana pool. And each one has, when it enters the battlefield, scry one on a land. And people are like, oh, it's slow, and da 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 it, it sets up your next draw on a land, so you don't have to sacrifice a spell slot for it. Give them to me. If you don't like them, give them to me. Send them to <laughs> brian at themanapool.com. Actually, you can't send them digitally. See, I don't no, think that works. <laughs> I would give you my address, but I'm sure I would get other things that I don't want in the mail. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. That could get really awkward really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Just, so. uh, yeah, these seem really good. I also agree, uh, I guess. Uh, the main the main problem that people seem to have with these are the rare instead of uncommons. But for a set that has a very large devotion theme, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have dual lands and uncommon. Yeah. Since you're trying to devote to a specific color, then there's yeah. dual lands at uncommon. I, I think I, I see the argument. I think you know the the argument is that we have had this sort of effect at uncommon before with like um, the old ones from Invasion. Like the ones, uh, and that were printed in several, um, 
corsets since then, uh, the refuges, the tricolor lands. So you, you see a lot of these, uh, at uncommon. But the, I think that kind of undermines just how good Scry is. Yeah, it also so. undermines the, as we know, this set is dripping with flavor of this yeah. set. It really does, like, it, for, for a set that the main, that one of the main mechanics is devotion or chroma, to have a bunch of dual lands and uncommon is just pretty bad. And also, like, if you really want to get into it, New Banalia was an uncommon Scry 1 land, uh, that was, I think, Feud, not not future site. Uh, it was it was future site. Was it future site? Yeah, it was in future yeah. site, and that only tapped for white. So turning them into dual lands would thus make them rare. So lawyered. Excellent. <laughs> we Dang recognize it, your lawyer skills. Yeah, Scry one. I mean, because the last time, well, okay, never mind. I, I forgot it showed up in a corset since Time Spiral. Yeah. But yeah, but still. Um, don't underestimate Scry 1. Don't underestimate it at all. It's actually quite powerful. Nah, I think it's one of those things, like, I keep saying that this set looks really strong. It, it's, it, it's gonna, a lot of people are gonna need to play with it, but this set still looks really strong. Like, mon, like, Monstrosity is going to be very strong. Scry, I mean, for, for people that play with it, you already know, like, how just good just a random Scry 1 can be. Mm. Just, having that on lands is so great. You just, it's definitely gonna be a set I can't wait to dig into really deeply, but, I also can't wait to have my hands on it. It seems With salad tongs. I, I, it, it seems so powerful because like I have a really good grasp of what these abilities are going to do. Like the fact, like we mentioned, heroic seems very permanent. They're plus one plus one counters. They're creatures. They're a large loss of life, and you gain the life back. Like it's always very uh, monstrosity. It's an instant speed combat trick that also does something amazing at the same time. And scry is still scry. It's they had to ban preordain. Like <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> This set looks really powerful. I know we're going to get some bad cards soon. I'm not saying we won't, but I cannot wait to play with this set. It looks fantastic. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chewy? Um, I don't want to rehash the entire discussion, but if you if you go, I highly recommend that everyone, and I never say this about Monday Night Magic because it's Monday Night Magic, and it is not what our core audience listens to if you can help it, but uh, if you if you want to hear a very good discussion about these temples... Between me and Clues and uh, Jackie Lee, go listen to the last Monday Night Magic, which uh, I'm actually going to probably finish posting once we're done here. It is, uh, it was a really good discussion where Jackie Lee is pro the temples, and she's a she's a pro player, and she likes the temples. And one of those, one of the things I brought up was that how I think that mana has been near perfect and easy and doesn't require any concessions or any thought for way for, too long for years and ever and since the ever since the fetch lands were printed as Zendikar, and then it's just stayed at that level ever since then exactly yeah. and she actually agreed and uh, gave even further insight into it so it's it was a really good talk about the lands so go check that was out it, was it was anyone against them or not for the, the three of us no okay but I mean, that was a really good episode in general because, as I, I said before, Jackie Lee is, is easily one of my favorite pros, or um, it easily is my favorite pro. She's one of the few people that I actually look forward to asking three questions because she has fun with it, like she's supposed to. So, <laughs> yeah. And okay. like like uh, Tom said, this these arts are freaking just amazing. I especially love the the Temple of Silence. That is so. That's oh my god, dude! The Temple of Silence yeah. and the Temple of Mystery are probably my two favorite. Yeah, each each one of them looks to be in one of the major uh, city states of mm-hmm. Theros, 
And if if I understand the world correctly, the Temple of Silence must be in one of the returned cities. That seems about right. I, I, I'm, I, I'd pick the Temple of Triumph. I don't know why, but that obelisk, which is like kind of like the bloodish coming down, it just seems so mm-hmm. red, white, and just awesome. And do you see little guys down there looking up at the at the obelisk? It's mm-hmm. just. <laughs> it's just got a bunch of shields piled around its base. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so hyped for this set. It looks it's, sort of way too phallic, though. Uh, well, yeah, most monuments of the ancient world are kind of bonerific in some way. But yeah, but I mean, having all the shields around the base is uh, that's what got me. It's like, oh, yeah. come on, man. Protection, baby. Hey, it it is a temple of triumph. <laughs> <laughs> got there. You do know, you know, that Trojans. It has a double meaning, so... So about the flavor of the set... I have to say, you know, we mentioned we mentioned the Trojan horse, which had the, um... which had the, uh, the representation here. Um, there's a song on the radio, something about Trojans in my head. I get so tired of people confusing the term Trojan when the Trojans were actually the people behind the wall, not the people in the horse. So yeah, it was a Trojan horse because here because it was wheeled into horse. Troy. Yeah. yeah, it was not that it was not filled with Trojans. It was filled with Greeks. It was filled with Brad Pitt. Come on, it was a movie. Come on, man. Oh God, that that movie was not good. No, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it it was terrible. terrible. I just said it wasn't good. Mm. So somewhere in between. So guys, it's almost ten o'clock. Do we want yeah. to just call it there? There's one. There's another cycle. There's another uh, cycle yeah, that's of, un, of uncommons. No, no, no. We're good. You're calling it. Okay. Yeah, then uh, I have no final thoughts. I am just ready to go. His final vote is blah. Well, my blah, final blah. thought is another one of those uh, interesting peaks in the, uh, Chewie's uh, sort of existent love life. So I will. I will let you guys go first. Or should I go first to bore everybody? Just no. You guys go first. Go ahead. Hey, Tom. What you got? You're the guest. Sure. Uh, hey there, guys. Uh, my final thought is that this set looks free. Looks so, so, so awesome. I, I, I again, I can't wait to play with it. Um, if you want to check me out in other places, oh wait, no, this is final thought, not shoutouts, right? Well, I mean that works too. Go ahead. All right. Uh, if you want to check me out in other places, uh, I do stream EDH Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 7:30 to 11 p.m. That's EDH multiplayer EDH. Uh, at twitch.tv slash mtgradio, and I'm doing an article series on Star City Games called The Battle of the Blocks. It's trying to find out the best block for EDH, and it's actually really cool. It's a, it's a good old knockout slugfest. That's why I was so happy when Brian came in. He's like, the flavor of Alpha. And I'm like, yeah, Alpha's so flavorful. I just had to look through the entire set recently, <laughs> and the set's amazing. Like, lo- like looking at looking at the original set, it's, you're just... I was smiling the entire time. That That's really... It gave us the foundation, so, yeah. Yeah, much much credit, and thank you so much for having me on. You guys are definitely one of the podcasts I still listen to. I, I all all awesome. love Manipal. You guys oh. are great. What nice. day? What day of the week do your articles go up? Uh, good Sunday? old Mondays. Okay, sweet. As always, I still miss uh, MTG Radio, the uh, podcast with Trevor and Tom, like a lot. We, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, no, that wasn't that wasn't directed <laughs> at you. That was directed at the listeners. <laughs> Teaching little kids how to be good English people now. He's a teacher. Sorry, him and his fiance are now teachers. Nice. Uh, they're just burgeoning into the school system now, so they're getting their feet wet. And that, as far as I know, they really like it, which is great. You say he's teaching kids how to be good English people? I, I'm not teaching them. He's teaching them. But how as, to be good English people? What? <laughs> he's, he's teaching English uh, for, I think, 11th grade? Maybe seven. I'm not sure. I, I'm going to meet him. 
for the Theros pre-release. I'm forcing him to go to it so I can learn more about what he's oh, doing. Okay. I, th- I thought that was your funny way of telling us that he was living in England and teaching. Oh, no, no. He's still, <laughs> he's still in Orlando. Okay. Still, yeah. All right, got it. He is teaching them how to take their tea, though. <laughs> okay. I mean, you got to know that. Uh, duh. Well, how about you, Mike? Um, uh, honestly, I'm just glad I got, I remembered to read the comments about Timur at the Murder King. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Theros is looking to be pretty awesome. Um, Iron Maiden was awesome. Um, I also, this past weekend, I got to see, uh, a very rare thing, uh, Sleep performed at a music festival here in Raleigh. So my brother and I went to see that, and that was super awesome. Um, oh, so you guys got in. That's awesome. Yeah, we got in. Yeah, and, and we were initially thinking and, and it ended up costing us less money than we thought it would. You know, first of all, we didn't want to pay 85 damn dollars for a day pass to the festival just to go to this one show on Saturday night because that's just too much money. So we decided to show up and see if we could get one of the um, uh, uh, single show tickets that the festival people were advertising would cost $30 and there was no guarantee that there would actually be any and blah, blah, blah. When we showed up, we asked the guy sitting out, um, doing, sitting out in front doing wristbands, you know, who do we talk to about the single show tickets? And he said, well, the festival people, they're in there, but they're talking to some people, so ask them. And after just a few more minutes of standing around, he looked at me and Thomas and he said, you know, they're going to charge you like 30 bucks, right? And we said, yeah, but at least it's not 80. He said, I can get you in for 20. You know, I actually work for the venue here, the Lincoln Theater. And he told us about how, you know, the cut that they were getting, wasn't all that great, and they were going to have to try to make uh, a bunch of money back off of the bar. So when the coast was clear, um, we each gave him 20 bucks and got our wristbands and walked on in there. <laughs> and it was great. Sweet. Pretty awesome. <laughs> a bargain at two-thirds of the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yep, that's my final thought. All right. Uh, Dirk was not able to join us. I didn't actually say this at the beginning because of uh, he's in a master's program now. Which means, in addition to his regular life, the teaching and the parenting, he's now got grad school uh, stuff going on. So he was actually covered up and couldn't join us this week. So all of the luck to Dirk to get his work done and not have his head explode. But was that his head exploding? Uh, no, that was that was a vibration. <laughs> um, so my final thought is: uh, last week I got chosen on our busiest day of the week. When we're already a man down, actually, it's going to be probably our busiest day of the month. It was ridiculous. We're already a man down, and uh, we got a horribly late start. I was chosen to go take a random drug test. Yay! And I'm like, thanks, you bunch of jackasses. <laughs> and I was all pissed off, so I got in the car, and I turned it, it on. Was off, long... It was off the site? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, I got in the car and turned it on, and went, bong, 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 go get gas. And I was like, oh, yeah? So I went out... And hung a right. Well, I hung a left and then a right to go get gas. And then I came back past work and went over to where the drug testing was. Because <laughs> you bastards are going to send me somewhere when I've got, obviously got work to do. And I don't even like to take ibuprofen when my head hurts, man. Like, why don't you choose some people that are going to get fired? <laughs> Wasting my time. But anyway, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Right, right. So I went, got gas, and then I went to the drug testing place. And... I, like, I was in a good mood, even though this is horribly stupid, because, yeah, whatever, I'm away from that godforsaken pit that I work in. 
And so I'm sitting there, I'm playing Injustice on the phone, and la da 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 da. And then another guy walks in. He's like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "I get to pee in a cup," but that's not true. I didn't get to pee in a cup. It's a, it's a saliva thing. And I'm just sitting there chilling, and then she calls my name, and I get up and roll in there. And you know how I am. Uh, well, you guys do anyway. The listeners might only have a vague idea. I'm very like uh, happy and funny and flirty when I'm not at work. And so I was making all kinds of just bizarre jokes, and and the 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 woman doing the, the drug test thing was laughing and she was laughing really hard and really loud and this door opened behind her. I don't know if it had anything to do with she heard her laughing or not, but the door opened behind her and this really cute girl came out and joined in and it was a lot of fun. Like she she saw that my, my shirt said Chewy and she goes you know, after a minute she's like so do you just, this is just how my brain works do your girlfriends call you Chewy? And I'm like why, are you interested in the job? And they laughed and I'm like well you have my number, you know, it's out there on the form and they laughed and whatever. And then I finished the drug test and left. I get back to work, and one of the other guys there also got called for his random. And he hadn't gone yet. I was like, dude, 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 dude. Could you do me a big favor? He's like, what? And I got I got a piece of paper. And I did the high school thing. Like, I folded it in half and wrote her name, the cute girl. I wrote her name on one side, opened it up, and wrote, just so you know, I was serious about you having my number. But just in case, here it is again. And I put my number, signed it to Chewy, and gave it to him. And I was like, dude, could you, could you deliver this to, to this girl? And he goes... Are you serious? Because he he saw me write it. And I was like, dead serious, dude. He's like, like really? I'm like, yeah, like really. It's gonna be great. He's like, Before uh, or after fifth period? I know, right? I was like, if nothing else, it'll make him laugh. You know, just listen out for the words husband or boyfriend, and you'll be fine. And he's like, okay, man. And uh, yeah, he came back and handed me a piece of paper folded in half with her name written on it. And he's like, she didn't want it. I was like, what? I look down, this isn't my handwriting. He's like, gotcha. Like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> so and, he had written one of his own. Yeah, just to mess okay. with me. I'm like, jerkwad. But, uh, uh, he, I said, so did you give it to her? He's like, yeah. Like, what happened? He goes, she laughed. I was like, like a good laugh? Like a, like a, the, what's this idiot laugh? She, he's like, I don't know. I'm like, thanks, buddy. It's like, did you hear the words husband or boyfriend? He goes, no. I was like, well, that's a good sign. I was like, oh, well, at least they seem to enjoy it, whatever, and I went back to work. A little while later, my phone rang, and I, I saw that it had our area code, so I just answered it, because, you know, I do that. And it was like, is this Chewy? I'm like, or is this Jason Slate? I'm like, yeah. Like, is this Chewy? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, this is such and such from uh, the drug testing place. She doesn't know I called you. <laughs> this was the other woman. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? She's like, I'm working on her for you. Do you have anyone else to send over? And I'm like, no, I think that was it for the day. She's like, oh, that's too bad. I was like, uh, and, and at this point, like, I'm trying, another guy walks up, he's trying to clock out, and he's in my way, and the computer had just done something stupid, and now this happened. So I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, I guess I could swing by sometimes. She's like, oh, that might be neat. Oh, she doesn't know I called. Okay, gotta go by. And she hung up. And I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> but, uh, Getting past all that, we've we've actually uh, gone out twice now and are uh, gonna do it again soon. So excellent! Yeah, it's Yay. not it's it's not quite as ridiculous as the nurse chick story because there I had the old man as the wingman. But uh, yeah, it was pretty silly. Did you did you take her out on a lunch date? Yeah, actually, we went to lunch the next day, and that actually worked for you. Yeah, <laughs> enough. You all sound right. like everybody I work with. <laughs> that was so just the. The judgment dripping in that sentence. <laughs> you took her out on a lunch date? Lunch date. That's on a, a lunch, lunch date? Who eats lunch anymore? Which reminds me, I need to take your wife out on a lunch date before I quit that godforsaken Carrie said the same thing, too. 
She she's like I should I should go out to lunch with Julie sometime. I'm like if you want. Yeah, you really should. Tell her to call me. Does she have my number? Tell her to call me. I'll I'll tell her to call you. Damn right. If not give her a note with your number in it. It'll work. Yeah, I will not give Brian's wife a note. But um, but you you might want to listen for husband or that sort. Yeah, pay very close attention to that. But yeah, since since the listeners seem to enjoy my my goofy uh stories involving females, I figured that was. That was good enough to to bring up on air because I apparently had the sheer audacity to send a stupid note, and it worked. Hey, look at that. There you go. <laughs> I guess we'll know, Mike, I guess we'll know if he really likes her because we'll never meet her. If he really likes her, he will keep her <laughs> as far away from us as possible. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so enough of that. Um... Thank you again, Tom, for, for joining us, man. This has been a lot of fun. It's been super fun. Oh, one more thing. One Sorry. more thing. What would you forget? Uh, um, on October 13th, I'll be doing a charity stream for Relay for Life. Ooh. Uh, so if you want to stop by that, feel free to. Uh, I plan on having some pretty cool uh, prizes giving away for certain donation amounts. And it uh, should be overall a really good time. So definitely check that out on October 13th. October 13th, the day before Sam's birthday. That's a Sunday. Yes, it is. It's Sunday. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll get a link from you of all of your relevant links there, Tom, before you leave, just so I'm sure not to miss anything. That's fair. But, right. Yeah, again, I thank you so much for having me on. It's basically I've been listening to like you guys and JudgeCast because, you know, Parliament. Well, right? yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Obviously. Obviously. All of, all of That's his how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get him back on here again. Dang it, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Speaking of... Uh, uh, guest hosts in the hopefully very near future once preview season is all over. Uh, a You guys don't even know this, but one of the guys who writes for a very well-known magic site that is not Tom from Star City Games uh, offered uh, wants to be on the show. Oh, okay. Continue. And it's uh, it's it's actually he writes for well it's it's one of the bigger ones I don't know if you've heard of it it's uh, wizards dot com <laughs> uh, it's Bruce oh really oh, cool and it turns out according to a comment that he just left on the last episode it's actually Bruce Richard wow. which I did not know that I've been calling him Bruce Richard and Mike's been calling him Bruce Richards for all this time <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Bruce Richard so that's good to know. But he was like, hey, I actually listen to you guys, and people want me to be on their shows, so why don't you? And I'm like, I didn't think you would. I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> That's cool. And he's another magic-playing lawyer dude, so I can yeah. get that. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was really starting to wonder who you were talking about, because if, you know, Stibbs was coming back, you would have just told us. We'd yeah, be like, I'd just be like, dude, Stibbs. I'm trying to get Stibbs back, because I love Stibbs. Yeah, but that's, that's going to be real. It's going to be real cool. So, yeah. Uh, and Bruce is such a sweetheart. He will tweet randomly. I'm doing such and such and listening to the Manipool, and I'm like, ah, 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 you know. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, uh, going back to Brian's, oh lord, the, the Avengers versus Batman. What do, yep. do we have a name for that? What is it? Uh, sort of host movie deck Batman. challenger nonsense. We'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with a better name. Yeah, but, better yeah. name coming soon. Um. Uh, Jason Schneiderman, who used to be, I think the term is editor, over at Inquest Magazine a thousand years ago, uh, actually said, he contacted me on Twitter and was like, wow, this this is classic Inquest stuff. Uh, I, w- I wish I could be there. And I was like, why why don't you? 
He was like, that's great! So, <laughs> he, he's also one of those, like, people who I, I really appreciated back in the day, because I read Inquest like it was going out of style. It turns out it was, but I didn't know that at the time. It wasn't going out of style, it was going out of business, excuse me. But, well, it had, I mean, it had lots of good years, so. Oh, yeah, dude, and I used to love all the big, goofy stuff they would do. Mm-hmm. Like, they they each built a deck with every card in it that was around at the time. It was like a massive tower of cards. And they... You know, I, th- uh, I, th- I think I still have, um, for all the time I was subscribed to it, I think I still have all the issues stuck in a shelf back at the house somewhere. That's awesome. I actually went through my old issues and cut out all the really cool articles and uh, paper clipped them together and have them around here somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I can't wait for, for all of these awesome guest hosts to happen. But we kicked it off old school style with our buddy Tom, and that's even better. Yay. Yay. So with that, I think we're going to call it finally. So uh, this has been, what is this, 293? 294. What did I just post? Oh, it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I'm, hold on. Hold on. Everyone's response is the same. <laughs> it, you just posted uh, 293. <laughs> Okay, so it'll be 294. This is 294 of the Manipool. Math is hard. Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.